Yes, sir. Time to crank up the big, the bottle, and the boom shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew, and this is what we like to refer to as a wasted Wednesday. Whoop, whoop. It's good times. You know who is really having good times? Mm-hmm. Clinton Portis back in the day, man. That's who was having good times. I, that was one of my favorite stories of the week, man. Talking about taking shots of Hennessy. I was like, my goodness. That's when you mean some business, friends. Uh. So, I mean, obviously, if, if, if we were... <laughs> we had to bring back... The, this is like vintage, man. Way back in the day when Channing used to come over, we'd set up in the basement with the table and the mics and the speakers and all this and all that, man. We used to totally pound out the intro with the song all the time. It was fun. Old school. It was fun. That was fun. So, yeah, it was, it was good times, man. Good times and good memories. I was trying to find that actual story. I got it saved somewhere, but then, of course, you know, in my land of a thousand tabs that I set up for the sports brew, <laughs> lo and behold, shocker, shocker, I somehow lost that tab. But the good news is I did send it to myself in Facebook Messenger. So while I also scroll past Joe Flacco eating a W, one of my favorite one of my favorite <laughs> postgame pressers of the week, by far, by the way. That was brilliant and that was hilarious. I should have it in my messenger. I'm gonna be super disappointed if I don't. Ha <laughs> ha ah, Oh well. Anyway, they took shots of Hennessy. <laughs> I don't remember who was it Sean Taylor? Clinton Little Portis, CP, Sean Taylor, and uh, oh god, I don't know, Santana Moss, Santana maybe. Moss? Yeah. Yes, yes. That's yes, that's Santana what would Moss. that that's what would make the most sense, man. How how is it that I lost? How did I lose? Oh, all guys from the U. How do I? How did I lose that story? What kind of garbage is that? Everybody from the U need to take shots this past yeah. Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Here it is. I was looking in the romp. I had it somehow. I left that group in with some NBA stuff. Anyway, so here was the, here was the deal. So yeah, they took pregame shots. Clinton Portis and, and Santana Moss, and uh, at some point they continued that after Sean Taylor's death, and uh, Jim Zorn was uh, the coach at, at this point. And according to Clinton Portis, and I thought this was interesting, Zorn actually lost the Redskins' locker room after making the, this is from the story and For the Win, making a completely reasonable decision to nix the team's tradition of taking a shot of Hennessy before games. Huh. That was a tradition that Portis, Moss, and Sean Taylor had started. So here it is from Portis. Quote, Zoon, uh, Zorn, Zoon. That's a Microsoft audio product. Zorn ruined that recovery trail, Portis said, referring to the team recovering after Taylor's tragic death. I think it's known now. Even if it's not, I don't give a damn. I'm grown. Myself, Santana, and Sean, part of the game. We would take a little shot of, of Henny. We were drinking Hennessy. Me, Santana, and Sean. We did this for a year and a half before anyone knew. It was never two, three, or four shots. From that point, we did it every game. All of a sudden, Coach Zorn comes in and says, Oh, yeah? Guys are taking sips for Sean. What? So... Uh, who knew that? Uh, what a rando story, man. That's okay. I, I like randomness. So all those years, we thought the Redskins were playing bad. They were just drunk. They were just drunk. They just they were Josh Gordon before Josh Gordon. I mean, Damn. what are, what are you going to say? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Josh, welcome back, Josh. Welcome back to the league, Josh Gordon. It's good to see you on field. I think four for 85 uh, yes. with a, a, an atrocious quarterback chucking the ball at him. But uh, it's good to see Josh Gordon mm-hmm. back on the field, get clean, get right. Hopefully he stays that way. Um, still young, still lots of talent, and I think uh, obviously fantasy football players everywhere are rooting for him to be successful. Um, yes. But I, I think you know, in general, people have those stories. And we pre podcast we were actually talking about Ryan Leaf, and it's like 
you know, it, people bagging him for all the mistakes he made. But, you know, if you haven't paid any attention to how he's turned his life around, you ought to look him up. It's actually really, really fascinating. So there, there's always that story, the fall from grace and the redemption. And we do pull for people to kind of figure it out. And you know what I mean? If they hit rock bottom, bottom out, climb back up and, you know, uh, make something of yourself, make something of your life. And hopefully Josh Gordon can do that. The talent clearly is still there. <laughs> clearly. So uh, yeah. anyway, let's get everybody. Well, I mean, obviously, because I mean, it's been almost three years since he was on the field. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if a team's willing to wait that long for you, then you, you got some skill. Damn good. You got some skill. Well, let's go ahead and get everybody up in this piece for good measure. Let's see. Where should we go? Yeah, buddy. What's up? Shannon Twitter, Terminator McGuffin. What up, brother man? Oh, man. Just another week in paradise. Yeah. Colts get beat down. Getting a better draft pick. It's awesome. Dang 49ers it. win. You know, Jimmy G want to know. Yeah, man. Keep on winning so the Colts can uh, move on up. That's right. Mo- moving on up. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Moving on up. That's what you know. What that for Breaking real? Jeffersons, baby. Bro, bro. This is also true. <laughs> I haven't heard this song forever. This is also true for Frank Gore. By the way, he passed oh, Jerome Bettis and Ladanian Tomlinson. He's now <laughs> fifth all time in rushing. Hell yeah! So I tell you, a tip of the cap to Frank Gore, man. I'll raise, hey, I'll raise a glass to you at the beginning of the podcast, bro. Hey, might as well throw Larry Fitz in there, too, man. He just keeps rolling, dude. He just keeps rolling. Third receiver ever with 1,200 receptions and uh, moved in the fourth all-time receiving yards. I think needs 25 or 6 this week to pass Randy Moss for, uh, what, third? Uh, I'd have to pull yep. up the stats in particular to see, but yeah, but yeah, he's He'd rolling. Be third, and then next year, since he's going to play next year, he can pass T.O. for number two. Yeah, yeah. Now... My wife was telling me earlier tonight, apparently T.O. was on some sort of MTV reality show. Yeah, something. Did he walk off or leave it? I don't yeah, know. some dude was something bagging on him and like said, oh, you're going to lose this like you lost $70 million. Oh. And apparently, apparently T.O., that, that was it. That was too much? That caused him to walk off. That was the one. <laughs> and, and some other guy went, did we just do what other NFL teams couldn't do? <laughs> wow man so ruthless ruthless i guess you're telling me i guess you're telling me that somehow some way they just couldn't <laughs> let that go man right you <laughs> telling me man poor terrell yeah. owens well, well he's probably somewhere in a driveway doing some crunches just for good measure Jeez. Right? I mean, why not? He was too too busy losing Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) T.O. is another guy that that does get bagged on, but, you know, he did have some pretty sweet highlights and certainly some memorable moments. But, uh, eh. Matt remembers one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one, too. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for bringing that back up to... Still, I, uh, it's still, uh, it's still a, I still don't know how in the hell he caught that damn ball. That was a, dude, dude, a he, he earned that one. That, <laughs> that was a tough. Yeah. Anyway, a couple shots, and we're not talking about the Hennessy before the game. Uh uh-uh. uh So he did get. Afterwards, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. Well, Packers fans definitely needed a few shots of uh, the Henny <laughs> after that game. <laughs> yeah, we did. 
That's for sure, buddy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Only a handful of quarterbacks are completing that pass in the history of the league. Yeah. That was clutch, man. That was clutch. Steve Young. I mean, come on. I know. Can't mm-hmm. can't hate on Steve Young, dude. All right. Well, you heard you heard him chuckling a little bit in the background, bringing up some memories. Just uh, yeah. Thanks, Randy. Tran- hey, try. Trans Siberian asshole over there. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, how was yeah? How was the concert, man? It was great. Um, Good. It was. I mean, second time I've seen him. Very amazing experience just because of all the pyro and the laser light show and just the whole ambiance of yeah. what they bring. Uh, one of the thing, cool things that I didn't realize they did, they've done for the past 19 years, is before every concert, they take a portion of the ticket sales and they donate it to charity for, in oh, each good. city they, they're in. Good. Um, they donated over $9,000 to feed more here in Richmond this time. Uh, that's, a, that's a big donation, man. That's cool. Go Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. That's awesome. Randy might be an asshole, but you guys aren't. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's a fun show. You know, it's not. I'm not saying that I love that. You know, I would just randomly listen to them just for giggles. But you know, I've seen them live. So I'm live in. If I remember correctly, it was in New York, uh, and that was a fun show, man. Uh, that's one of. It, you know, there's certain live shows that are just really good experiences overall. When you take, you know, and, you, you, and I think that's one of those groups, one of those shows, one of those bands, however you want to frame that. That that's a that's a good concert experience. You know what I mean? Um, and it's certainly this is the time of year that they. I don't know. I, I feel like I see lots of Facebook posts about them at this time of this time of year. Once we're closing on Christmas, you know what I mean? It's kind of the deal. But now nah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Good, good. Oh, Whitfield. God, what should we bring Whitfield into? I was going to play some songs for Mark, but apparently Mark fell asleep. So, I don't know. Actually, you know what? You know what? <laughs> His key card no longer works. Like Ben McAdoo. Now, we'll get you another key card, Mark. Don't worry about it. No, he probably fell asleep somewhere. That's okay. I think the last message we got from him was watching the Kansas game. What happened with that? Did the Kansas lose? They so- lost. So either one of three things happened. He's he's streaking in DC right now. Mm-hmm. He's on the toilet for about the last hour and a half. Do you say poos, buddy? Or A or B and C. B and C. Nice. Well, Mark, I tell you what, man. Maybe he's just in recovery mode from celebrating from Macadoo or Macadon. Getting Das Boot and Reese getting Das Boot out of there. Wouldn't it be funny in a weird way if the Giants actually balled out this coming weekend? Now that now that he's gone, God, that'd be that so strange. Be funny. And, and, and it would be. I, I mean, realistically, yeah. that's a Dallas. Yeah, I, I, well, that, I, I'm no, not it saying it's. Funny, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying it would be kind of funny if they had yeah, like McAdoo gets bounced out. And are they in Dallas this weekend? Are they at home? No, they're at home. They're at home. Okay, but well, and apparently Spagnolo, you know, the, the players love him. So I would plus Eli's back in the saddle. So that's yeah, a, that's a lot of windfall right there. Well, I, I, mean, I think realistically, I, somebody I want to say it was on Dan Patrick, and I don't know if it was. It may have been a, a news break, um, but 
there was this blurb about Eli Manning jerseys, like their sales have gone up like 70% since he was benched, which is crazy. And I think realistically, (laughs) they were going to be in a nearly impossible situation to manage. The fan blowback has been insane over the meltdown of the season and McAdoo and the Eli benching and Geno Smith and poor Davis Webb. You know, if they had gone in and you got all these people wearing Eli jerseys, chanting for Eli, I mean, how is anybody else other than Eli going to start that game? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it's just a, it's, it's an unwin. You know what I mean? It's a no-win situation for Gino, really the whole team. Geno Smith was in a no-win situation. Yeah, he I was. Mean, it's, he was. It's not his fault. I mean, no. it's the coach's fault. They put him in a bad spot. Every, it's like everybody put everybody in a bad spot. You know what I mean? Well, other than maybe just, Jerry Jones, but well, I mean, it just sucks though. Like really, win amp. Help. Uh, I want me some glory. Get off my Speaking of bad spots, yes, thanks, delayed glory hole. <laughs> anyway, that sounds kinky. <laughs> I was about to say it's the delayed glory hole. Yeah, so I guess that means I know what uh, Whitfield's coming into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Whitfield, what's up, bro? Oh my god, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Because there's lots of Packer fan noise with uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, throwing some spirals out there, warming up, man, just for good measure. Getting close. Gotta yep. be, just gotta be Cleveland. Next week. Mm-hmm, just gotta be Cleveland. And then, uh, Cleveland, hopefully. The table. Yeah, yeah. They need a lot of help other than Detroit. No, they don't. No, they don't. Well, they're gonna get Carolina, Minnesota, and Detroit. So right, went out. Yeah, I think Minnesota's going to be a tough one. Although you, you have a little bit of that revenge factor, since that's the, t- the team, obviously that that's the game you got hurt in. Mm-hmm. So um, you got some revenge factor with that. Detroit's going down the going down the tank. I mean, it's not a surprise. They have problems. You can run on them. Uh, you can pass on them too. So yeah. So really, if if he, if they beat <clears throat> Cleveland, which they should, but you never know. Um, if they beat Cleveland, and then he's coming back. They get Carolina. That's a tough matchup. Um, but if if Aaron Rodgers is in fuego, you know what I mean, they can they can run they can run with the big dogs. It's just a matter of is there rust? Do they have turnover issues? How you know can he take hits? What's his shoulder really like? I mean, you got a lot of things that are unknown. But I if mean, he the way co- I see it, really, is if they run the table, I think Seattle is going to be the five seed at this point. There is enough infighting at the end of the season because Carolina and, and Tampa Bay. I think it's Carolina, Atlanta, and um, I don't have faith in Atlanta, man. I don't have faith in Atlanta. Neither do I. So I see yeah. them falling off. If we beat Carolina and we run, the, and we beat Minnesota, run the table, I think the six spots ours. Well, the, the Minnesota game is going to be that, that's that's crucial. gigantic. Yeah, crucial. I mean, man, Minnesota's in man. The, the thing with Minnesota is, can they get home field? And for them to get home field advantage would be so fantastic for them. Since the Super Bowl is played in Minnesota I was this year, say, it's in I mean, home stadium, yeah, I mean, so. my God, how great would it be to be home for the playoffs all the way through? I mean, again, there's a lot in front of them. There's a lot of work to do, so you can't really think about that. Uh, but it's out there, and it's kind of an intriguing storyline. Uh, but they've got their work cut out. But uh, I like that they're sitting in the catbird seat. They've got some, uh, you know, they're in a good position. But yeah, if Rodgers comes back and they can beat Carolina, and God bless if if they can beat Minnesota, man. They're going to be right in the in the thick of things, right in the mix. You know, we'll we'll have to see how it shakes out. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, I will say though, I'm I'm worried about uh, the Falcons. 
Um, the Lions, I just they're gonna the Lions are gonna Lions. You know what I'm saying? Not worried about them. The Falcons' offense it just isn't quite right. Um, I just I just don't get like Julio gets 12 for 250 last mm-hmm. week and he only gets six targets this week. I mean, look, I get I get he he had a good coverage on him, but like they just did not try hard enough to get Julio the ball this week. Well, and I don't they, know if that's on Sark or what the deal is, but they weren't effective enough. That's for sure. That, no. Random side note: um, Sark stroke again. <laughs> no, that's not well. well he could of be. That need to get but, better. But how funny is it? You think of of the year that Goff's having. You think of the year that Keenum's having. Don't forget that both Keenum and Goff were on the Rams last year, and Jeff Fisher did absolutely bupkiss with either one of them. And look at those. <laughs> Look at those two guys this year, man. You know what? He should be fired again. <laughs> Double fired. You know what? He, Seriously. Jeff Fisher deserves the fail horn of mediocrity for tonight. You get the first fail horn, Jeff Fisher. I mean, he almost deserves the, the clip I send you every week of how do you act. How? <laughs> I mean, my God. <laughs> well, it is conveniently located in my search bar. Shocker. How do you fuck that up? Yeah, Jeff Fisher. How do you fuck that up? Case Keenum and Goff? Keenum and Goff, dude? Lighten it up. (laughs) (laughs) Double fired, man. That's what you get. (laughs) Speaking of fired. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Just saying, man. I mean, why are you bullshitting? Look at Josh McGowan and with the Jets. His numbers ain't bad either. Uh-uh. No. Josh Bowles deserves a ton of credit for coaching that squad up, man. Yeah, they, they've got some fight in them. They've got some fight in them, and uh, they're overachieving. And that's yes. uh, good for them, man. Good for McCown, who, who just – what is he on, like his eighth team or something crazy? I lost count, man. I, mean, I, I was going to say, I think it's more than that, but it, I'll check It could be. Quick. We'll we'll set the over under at seven and a half. Okay, let's see where Shannon is on this. Yeah, yeah. Look up his career in Wikipedia. How many teams has that guy been on? Because well, he was in Chicago, right? Wasn't he in Tampa Bay? Uh Yep, he was Uh, in Tampa. All right, give us the list, Randy. Uh, From 2002 to 2005, Arizona. 2007, Oakland. 2008 and 2009, Carolina. 2011 Chicago, 2013 Chicago, because he took off a year. 2014 Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. 2015 and 16 Cleveland, and 2017 New York. That is seven teams. Wow, that is heavy duty, man. I would have taken the under. <laughs> and he is having a career year. Yeah, no, good for him, man. What is he? 38, 38, 30. He's right, 38, 39, right in that zone, isn't he? 38. So, yeah, 38. Good for him, dude. Good for him. He's had some success, man. And uh, I don't know. I get the feeling like he's the kind of dude that, it, you know, he's been in so many systems. He's just seen enough that uh, he can come in and, and sling it around. And he's he's probably a good locker room guy. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm Obviously, I'm saying that off the top of my head. Maybe he's a jerk bag, but I kind of doubt it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's probably He's probably a pretty good locker room dude. And his teammates probably like him. And he's seen enough. He's been in the league long enough. He's probably like, yo, sexy Rexy, man. F it, I'm going deep, man. Let's roll. Lobbing I mean, bombs to curse. Who's that other dude? Robbie Anderson? Anderson? 
He's got Javon Curse and Robbie Anderson. Yeah, man. yeah, are, yeah. I mean, lighten it up. Yeah, they've got. I mean, they've got some. They got some talent. They're not. They're not totally devoid of talent, man. It's a shame Forte can't stay healthy. The knee problems, but they got a bunch of backs. And look, at the end of the day, man, good for the Jets, dude. Uh, plus, who, who in your right mind would have been? Let's see which New York team will have the better year: the New York Football Giants or the New York Jets. I mean. You know, like seriously, this is where we're at with the New York football teams. I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of us would have taken the Giants at the beginning of oh, the year, all day, oh, yeah, all day, every day, all day, every day, and it's just this is just not the case. Yeah, the Jets so, are going to win more games than they will. Yeah, so so bizarre. Uh, kudos to the Jets, by the way, for knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know part of this is you have to you have to <laughs> look at the Chiefs and be like seriously y'all what is wrong with you um, monumental go back def- to that sound bite <laughs> yeah well they have to up a lot of things I can't play it I have to play it on loop continuously for the rest of the podcast I think um, <laughs> and that's just not going to work look they gave up over 500 yards to the Jets okay they started off the game strong man it was 14, 14 the donut in the first quarter Jets rallied to tie it up Alex Smith had a ridiculously huge day, and I think this was uh, Andy Reid gave up play calling, and yes. I, mean, I mean the offense mm-hmm. was rolling, dude. He had a, I think like a 70, 70 plus yard bomb to Tyreek Hill uh, to, to tie it up twenty four to twenty four at one point. He had another forty yard touchdown to uh, to Hill. Uh, it was thirty one thirty. The Chiefs took the lead, and then, as you know, I love Emmett Smith. The Kansas City Chiefs debacled themselves. Um, so as you get late in this game, dude. They just have all these penalties to close this game out, and they just keep giving. They just keep giving the Jets chances. It as far as gift that keeps on giving. Look, they did a better job. They, the Chiefs have done a better job collapsing than the Pontiac Silverdome. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. It's pitiful. That Damn. was hilarious. It's pitiful. The Chiefs have lost six of their last seven. Okay, and here they are, man. You, you got you got the Jets. <laughs> That's a well-built stadium, and they're blowing, they're throwing dynamite up in that damn thing, and it won't freaking collapse. That's amazing, by the way. Amazing. Hey, um, it's, it's it's built for tough, you and, know. And, and there was no yeah, and there was no Marta bus <laughs> blocking the footage from that one, so that's a plus. But you know, they they got an unnecessary roughness on a Jets field goal, so it gives them a first down. Um, they hold them, hold them, hold them. It's third down. They get another damn penalty, and then it's third down again. Uh, and it's like third and goal, and it's third and goal again, and McCown gets in with the second rushing touchdown of the day. The Jets have to go for two, right? The Chiefs D holds. They get a, a defensive uh, holding penalty Literally again. Yeah, l- the wrong kind of holding, right? And then you have Marcus, you have Peters throwing the fl- – I've never I, – I, do you ever remember a dude picking up with a flag off the field and just chucking it into the stands? I mean, don't- I mean <laughs> – I think we've joked about that. Like, if we were pissed off enough at the ref, we would just grab the flag and throw it. And just throw it up there, yeah. But but ridiculous. I hope that's an animation in Madden next year. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) That'd be pretty sweet. If it's in the game, it's in the game. It should damn well be in the game, dude, because that was a riot. But idiotic, man. So not only does he pick up the flag and throw it into uh, into the stands... That dude that had it, but did you see all the people taking, like, selfies and pictures with him? That was a hoot, man. That was an absolute hoot. Great moment for that guy's Instagram and Facebook or Twitter or Snapface, as Belichick might say, um, having a good time. And and then that dude runs off the damn field thinking he was ejected. 
I mean, it was just bizarre. It was, what a bizarre sequence of events, man. It was one of the most bizarre endings to a game I think I've super, ever seen. Super, super strange. Uh, and, of course, the Jets get the two-point conversion. They ultimately win 38-31 to because the Chiefs just can't convert it to end. I think the, I think essentially it ended on like an incomplete Alex Smith pass, if I remember correctly. But um, mm-hmm. Marcus Peters, the Chiefs have in-house suspended that guy a game, um, which is unfortunate, but... You know, he deserves it. He he earned that. Unfortunately, he earned that with that move, and he earned it the old fashioned. Right? <laughs> yes, he did. He, he did was an it. asshole. Yes, a s s h o l e. Everybody, but and the thing is, is he's been this type of a hothead his entire career in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So it should be no surprise to anybody that he's doing dumb shit like this. Well, with what that team's in the middle of. That's really costly. I know, I know they've lost six of seven, but you have <laughs> you have a whole bunch of teams clustered in the AFC West, and the Chargers are coming, y'all. Dude, the Chargers mm-hmm. are rolling, man. They got a good defense. They got a good run game. Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen are on freaking fire. You can't give away games, man. You know what were they five and zero? Right? Then they start the year five and zero, and I mean now what is it a three way tie? The yep. Chargers, uh, the it is. and the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers, or- the Raiders. And the Chiefs. The Chiefs are all six and six. I mean, what a mess. So Rivers Rage Face is uh, coming for rage you. Rage Face Rivers is coming, man. <laughs> Just ask his wife. That's why he has all those kids. <laughs> um, She's so- again. <laughs> hey, Randy, uh, uh, old school reference. Soiler alert. Soiler alert. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the thing is, with Kansas City, is like, okay, the offense sputtered and the defense was doing everything. Now this week, the defense freaking shits the bed and you're like what the hell happened to the defense all of a sudden <laughs> uh, they're too busy throwing flags in the field i mean just fl- flags in the stands man I would, so. I would like to thank alex smith for that performance this week on your bench, on my bench. <laughs> 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 oh. Good yeah how many what? points was that <laughs> 70. <laughs> oh my god well, well didn't he have like uh, a set did, didn't alex smith have like a 70 yard run Yes, he yeah, did. he did. Yeah, I mean, God, no. Four that, touchdowns, over 300 yards passing, and a 70-yard run. There you go. Shannon, he won a lot of games for people, just not it you. It didn't for me. <laughs> he won it for my opponent. <laughs> I know Penny was happy because every kill helped her. And yeah. Uh, 185 uh, yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, for- ridiculous, man, ridiculous. So, I, I don't know, man. I it, I don't dislike the Chiefs or anything like that. I mean, what's happened over the evolution of the season, I, I think, is unfortunate for them because I think they're a better team than that. But you know what? Your record, you know, what was the Parcells line? Your record is what you know tells you what. I can't remember the exact line, but you know, your record tells you what you are, or you are what your record is, or whatever. Randy, please look up that exact Parcells quote because I don't remember okay. it, and I, and I hate the I hate the slaughter and butcher that thing uh, the way I just did. But you know, Danny Green. They are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. You know, but it's you just. You are what your record says you are. You are, yeah, you are what your record says you are. So, and, you know, the Chiefs, here it is. And I know Lindy, of course, takes no uh, no shortage of joy <laughs> in, in remembering the beginning of the season. Everybody's all on the Kansas City hype train and bagging on the Pats, and here we are. Pats are rolling. Chiefs are, are just crashing and burning, man. Crashing and burning. So. Sounds familiar. Yeah, how about that? Sounds familiar. And the thing is with the Chiefs, they had they've, they had some quality wins. I mean, yeah, they got mm-hmm. the Patriots, they got the mm-hmm. Eagles. 
You know, they beat the Texans when they had Deshaun Watson on the field. I mean, it's yeah, they're a they weird cut. team, man. They're they're a weird team because they're better than what they're doing, but the, you got to execute, and their their offense disappeared. Kareem Hunt I, I, has to has to be the rookie wall on that dude. Has to be. Dude, right? He got nine carries this week. Nine. Big bunch. Does Andy Reid lose his job? No. Uh, no, I I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I mean, he relinquished. I mean, play- if he loses his job, who are you going to bring in? I think the more part. Josh McDaniel. I think the more, and that's going to be he. People are going to be after him, but I don't know if he's going to leave New England yet. We'll see. Maybe. Um, I don't, th- I don't I think, think the more Josh pertinent until Brady retires. I think the more pertinent thing with Kansas City is does Alex Smith lose his job? I don't think they'd give Andy Reid Das boot, but I do think you know if they if they El Foldo and somebody has to be the scapegoat, is it Alex Smith? Well, I mean that's easy. You, know. you just don't re-sign him, right? You know, and you let him. Yeah. Go. You got Mahomes waiting in the rings. Yeah, but I mean, that, just because you got a, a you know a rook waiting in the wings, I mean a rook's going to be good. So, so if the Chiefs somehow play their way out of, out of the division or the playoffs in general, mm-hmm. do we see Mahomes before the end of the year? No. That's the real question. No, no, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think so. I think they'll ride out uh, Alex Smith unless unless they really think he's ready for some on field PT at the end of the year. I just. You know, I, I think they just ride Alex Smith. I mean, this late, I, I think you may lose some of the bets in that locker room, unless mm-hmm. if they've lost confidence. But every time you, you know, hear them talk, you hear them talk great about Alex. So yeah, I mean, maybe if I, it's, I, go ahead. I was gonna say, I just don't, I just don't think you do that. No. Um, I mean, yeah, I just don't think you do. I that. would say, you know, if it's week seventeen and they're out and they cannot make the playoff, like they are eliminated, then you maybe. But I think they'd have to be eliminated, like legitimately eliminated before you'd see Mahomes in there. And yeah. and I would think Smith still gets the start and they just <clears throat> Mahomes would get mop up duty. You know, or a half or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd I'd be surprised otherwise. But I, I think as long as they are in the hunt and, and playoff, you know, there's there's an opportunity to make the playoffs, Alex Smith remains the starter, period. Barring injury. Barring injury, of course. I think he stays the starter. If the season is a collapse and they're out, then it then it becomes do they re-sign Alex Smith? And I think that's that I think is going to be the big the big question for them. And that's a fair well, one. That's a fair one. Their final four <clears throat> games are Raiders at home, mm-hmm. Chargers at home, Dolphins at home, and then at Denver. Yeah, I mean, and Denver's a little bit of a mess. Miami is the last inconsistent. two. I think are very winnable. Yeah, first two. I'm not sure. That's tough, man. I I, I like what the Chargers. I, I like how they're going right now. I know that wasn't exactly the prettiest. It's not like they blew Cleveland out, but, you know, Cleveland, I think Cleveland plays hard, even though Kaiser, I mean, God bless, that dude has some terrible turnovers. Alex Smith to Cleveland. I don't think he's going to do that to himself. <laughs> I don't think yeah, he's doubtful. I don't think I, he'd do that. As long as you make sure Josh Gordon's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that, all right, fair point. Chargers Browns, by the way, just to kind of a, a one little takeaway from that. Uh, in the fourth quarter, trailing 19-10, to 10, uh, Browns had the ball in a red zone. Kaiser drops back, and he's just moving around, dancing around. Like well, I don't know if he was watching a, a movie, if he was waiting for a short story. I don't know what he was waiting for. Held onto the ball way too long, dude, against that Chargers pass rush. Of course, they get a strip sack. For Kaiser, that is his seventh. 
That should have been his seventh red zone turnover this year. I mean, that's just brutal, dude. And then he finished off the game with a, with a pick. You know, can't do it. No, can't do it. Can't win with them. Can't do it. But kudos to the Chargers, man. I I like how they're playing right now, and of course they get the Redskins this this coming week, so that's uh, probably a win. Probably a win. Um, so yeah, and I, I think <laughs> quite frankly, the Redskins have had some fight in them over the duration of the season, but they're so thin in a lot of areas. They're so beat up. I just I don't I don't at some point you just think the war of attrition uh, takes over and. You know, I I just I think the Chargers have something to play for. They're playing good football. They can get some pressure. They can generate. They have a good defense. They can run. They can they can air it out. Rivers is playing well right now. Uh, I like their their you know um, skill position players. It just what they've got. I just I don't know that the Redskins can are going to be able to compete with it. Maybe they make it interesting for a half or three quarters, maybe. But you know the the Redskins' mo has been to play tough, play, you know, play hard in, in, in chunks of the game and then just be terrible at the end of a half and then at the back end of a game. So, you know, if they play them tough, they'll have probably have some heartbreaking thing at the end that makes the rest of us want to take some shots of Hennessy. Uh, or at least me. <laughs> at least me. <laughs> oh, man. I swear. Where you guys want to go? We've got all the CFP stuff. Uh, we got plenty of NFL, you know, jibba-jabba to talk about. Well, did you mention about Keenan Allen, a record he set? No, what's the scoop? First player in NFL history with 10-plus receptions, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown in three consecutive weeks. That's filthy, dude. That's just filthy. Very filthy. You know who else is dropping records? Who? Our boy Kamara down in uh, Nolens, man. So a couple of interesting notes from the Saints and the Panthers game. Saints, Saints, uh, you know, I like that team going forward. They've th- their ability to run the ball is when you think about the story of the season coming in. I certainly wouldn't have expected the Saints to be this good. Uh, I wouldn't have expected their defense to have elevated their play the way they have. I'm not saying it's a great defense, but they've definitely elevated their play. Uh, and we're so used to Drew Brees kind of carrying that offense. What a pleasant surprise! Right, if you're a New Orleans, yes. uh, uh, you know, a Saints fan, think about this. Couple things. Ingram and Kamara, once they booted AP out of there, right? Ingram and Kamara, man, uh, they're averaging a tick over 195 scrimmage yards per game combined. All right. That's the most by a running back duo since 1983, dude. Mm. All right. Pretty filthy. So, fun factoid for Mr. Kamara, he has uh, touchdowns in six straight games. First time a Saints rookie has done so in the team's entire history. All right. And Kamara is the first rookie with at least 600 yards rushing and 600 yards receiving since a name that all of us will know. Who who wants to throw it out there? Herschel Walker. 1986, man, Herschel Walker. That's pretty beast. And you that's, know, a, that's a good dude to be compared to. Yeah, I'd say so. And, you know, Kamara had some plays in that game, man. That just in the first quarter, he had a catch and oh. – I mean, he just he just had this move on the defender that just made him look silly. Um, <laughs> he didn't he didn't get a touchdown on that play, but he got a nice big gain out of it. But Kamara finished off that drive, the fourth and, down, and he just blew up, dude, running to the goal line, going into the end zone, and he just went in on that linebacker and just hammered that dude. And that was like one of those the immovable objects, you know, like they hit each other, and you're like, oh my god, and he just stays upright, and then he just gets into the damn end zone, dude. Like that was like, 
Yeah. His body control is ridiculous. Just just a quintessential, I'm going to run over you, through you, somehow, some way. I'm going to will myself into the end zone. I mean, that was a hell of a run. I mean, that dude, that dude's got some game, man. On fourth down, um, too, man. That was... He had to get in, otherwise it was uh, stuffed. And he did. And, you know, and, and look, Ingram, and I got to tell you, man, uh, Ingram popped off for a 72-yard run, and I didn't realize Ingram had those jets. You know what I mean? Like, he actually cranked up some speed, man. And I was like, it, I didn't realize Ingram was that fast. I don't know. I don't know. I guess he's been speed training, man. I don't know. But he was making people look silly, too. Got him turned around. He's like wheeling and dealing, styling and profiling all over that place with that with that defense. Just ridiculous. Uh, and Ingram finished off that drive with a two yard touchdown run. And then you know later on in the third quarter, Kamara had another just ridiculous play, and he uh, you know he he broke free. Yeah, that's right for a twenty yard touchdown run, dude. <laughs> no doubt. Mm-hmm. I only did that because I needed a moment to take a sip of my beer. So good. So good. But, yeah, it was pretty beast. And I, I like the Saints opportunity space, uh, where they're at, where uh, how they're playing. And, of course, we're recording on Wednesday night, uh, and you have Saints and Falcons on Thursday night football. Does anybody expect the Saints to, like, lose this game? Nah, man. I, I think mean, they're going to run the ball and uh, just play solid. And the, the, the luxury for the Saints, mm-hmm. and this is a nice luxury to have, is – you know, your defense is balling right now, and you got the running game going, but if your running game gets stuffed, oh, you got a, you know, Hall of Fame. Who's Drew waiting in the wings, man? Drew Brees. Just sling right. it, you know. Yeah. He, I think he's only thrown, like, five picks on the season, like, total, like, four or five picks. Like, he, his interceptions are way down this year. Well, you're so used, has, yeah, you're so used to him just having to, like, throw the hell out of the ball and stat pad, right? He doesn't have to do yeah. that. So, you know, so his really arm is fresh, bro. <laughs> his arm is fresh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, they've, they've hey, been Randy. efficient. Yeah. Can you do me a favor and see what his total stats are on the season? Which one? Breeze. Uh, Drew Breeze. Yeah. I'll look that up in a second. I just want to – this pat the game with uh, Panthers and the Saints, yeah. you know, it was it kind of was showcased by McCaffrey and Kamara. Mm-hmm. This is something very interesting. When you look at their stats side by side – McCaffrey, 64 receptions, 501 yards, four touchdowns, 59 catches, 614, four touchdowns for Kamara. Mm -hmm. Here's the big thing. McCaffrey, 82 carries, 284 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Kamara, 86 carries, 606 yards, and seven rushing (laughs) touchdowns. He's averaging 7.0 yards per carry. Oh, my God, dude. Isn't it? If he can finish off the season, but it's just the idea of everybody was talking how McCaffrey was supposed to be the big deal this year. Mm-hmm. Look at Kamara. I mean, we're talking, and McCaffrey's good. McCaffrey's yeah, good. I think this is scheme and coaching and a better line at least. So let's see here. I mean, well, I mean, and, uh, I'm not dissing at, Kamara's ability because right. obviously Duke and Ball. No, I mean that some of the, some of the. I mean, he runs hard, dude, and he's got moves. He's not just straight trying to power on people, although he's he's shown that he can go power. You know what I mean? He put a linebacker down yeah. on that goal. That <laughs> yeah, was... he did, man. That that was that was badass. But uh, yeah, man, I, he's got some moves where he just makes defenders. It's like it's like basketball. I mean, he's breaking people's ankles out there. 
<laughs> and that's yeah, and it's that's crazy to say, but that dude, that dude is sick. So, By the way, Kamara, don't don't be trying to do that jumping over hurdles at the end of the game. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> get yourself hurt that way. Yeah, that that's a uh, that, that's a good way to like, get a neck injury or something goofy, man. I hope he went to the chiropractor this week. I'm sure he did. Saints have won nine of their last ten, by the way. So, and again, rocking so what, rocking that run game like champs. Go ahead. What do you want to know about Breeze? Uh, what are his numbers this yards year? and touchdowns and in- interceptions this year? Yeah, he's uh, thrown for three thousand two hundred ninety-eight yards, seventeen touchdowns, and five picks. So he'll get four thousand yards. Again yeah, so y- yardage is good, but he's not he's not going to get into the you know five k kind of territory. Seventeen yeah, and five is, is solid. That's good though. Yeah, seventeen and five is solid. You know, with those running backs pounding like that, their total yardage per game is, you know what I mean, it's still good, right? You know. It's uh, great. And, They're and, milking the clock yeah. a little bit more. They can control the clock. Um, their defense on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do all those things that you need to be able to do when you get late season. You need to grind a game and play off football, man. Those are the things that you need to be able to do. Particularly if, you know, maybe if you have a, a tough day passing or you're playing a, a, an upper-tier defense or, you know, whatever, uh, to be efficient and to be able to work the pass game and the run game, I mean, that that's that's a big deal. And I don't, I don't remember a Saints team with Breeze that has been able to, to run like this, like even remotely close to this. No. You know, I, I, I mean, feel- the, the Super Bowl team, I think, was kind of close, but – this this one I think is better. Yeah, that defense may have been better on the 9 team overall, but they had a lot they of mojo. Bush. They had, that team had a lot of mojo. They did, you know. They, well, they had Bush as Kamara. Who was the other running back they had at that point? Was that still Anybody was that still Deuce or was he gone by then or washed up by then? Uh, Pierre Thomas. Ah, uh, Pierre, Pierre Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, I don't know. When, I don't. I don't quite remember when Deuce McAllister was. Fiend, you know what I mean? The deuce is loose. Yeah, Pierre Thomas had a couple of nice years, though. Reggie Bush had some moments. The Bush push. Bush push, our buddy. Uh, another interesting stat for Breeze. Uh, mm-hmm. By season's end, he should become the third quarterback in NFL history to throw for 70,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. And as far as I know, he's not going to retire. I don't think he's retiring after this year. So no, if he plays one more he's season, gonna he's going to pass Peyton for most passing yards in a career. Oh yeah, because Peyton's just a shade under seventy-two thousand, and we all know that that Breeze will blow that out of the water next, oh. next season. Yeah, he'll he'll, oh, yeah. he'll have that record, man. He had so many years where he was just piling up yards, and it, you know, I mean, it, it's just it's reflective of the era we're, we're in for one, and I think that's a fair statement. But uh, you know, good on him if <coughs> if that if that team can play this kind of complete football at this point where he doesn't need to do that, but. When the, in the moments they need him to do that, he still can. You get what I'm saying? Then that 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 really sets up really well for them. And I I don't know that you know I don't know that I believe you know Minnesota I think is good. The Eagles obviously you know got handled by Seattle, but that's a t- that's a tough place to play. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how the Eagles bounce back. Um, Minnesota I like, but the saints have excuse me the saints have a nice opportunity space and playing that kind of football excuse me that kind of football they've got good corners but that run game man and then being able to lean on breeze and if if he's sharp when they need him man that that that's a nice recipe for for late season and postseason success so let me ask you this yeah 
of the of the six teams in the NFC playoff picture right now that are in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you could rank them from one to six or just whatever the first couple. Who do you trust the most? All right, so in order, it's Vikings, Eagles, Rams, Saints, Seahawks, and Panthers. Correct. Okay, I probably trust the Panthers the least. Well, that maybe that's not fair because I mean the Rams have certainly overachieved this year, but. I, I just I don't know I like they I just like what they're doing they've got and they can run they have a decent defense they play in a, I, I still think the NFC West is, is there's some gristle and grit in that division I know that's not necessarily reflected with every team Arizona's at kind of a, a little bit of a down year 49ers are struggling but I like the Seahawks you know it, here's who I like I like the Vikings my concern with the Eagles is they've kind of beaten up on the NFC East. And they need some tough games at the end of the year to get them ready. You get what I'm saying? They need some oh, hard yeah. games. And that loss against Seattle, <clears throat> I actually think, is going to help Philadelphia. They needed that. And I know that sounds weird to say, but they've beaten up on the little sisters of the poor in the NFC East for the bulk of the season. Um, if I remember correctly, the, the Seahawks got uh, – they went up 10-0 on a touchdown from Russell Wilson to, to Jimmy Graham. And that was the first mm-hmm. touchdown the Eagles had given up in the first quarter all season. All season, yeah. And think about yeah. that. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. But it's also reflective of the this, – this is our college reference, right? Strength of schedule. You know what I mean? And their opponents. <laughs> uh, and that's not to take any, anything away from the Eagles because I, I love Carson Wentz. I think they're a very, very good team. But to go to Seattle in their house – Right, and for Seattle's defense to play the way that they did, um, for, and Russell Wilson is just phenomenal right now. I mean, he is just fun. I think he's like eighty-ish percent of their offense, eighty-ish plus percent of their offense. It's amazing. High level, man. He's playing um, high level. He is, and he he uh, Russell Wilson absolutely needs to be front and center with the MVP race. You know, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. You can make an argument for some other people, Wentz possibly, but Russell yeah, Wilson. That would be my top three. Yeah, Russell Wilson uh, needs to be Antonio Brown. Yeah, Russell Wilson needs to be a centerpiece for the MVP conversation because if he's not getting consideration, that's a big bag of BS. But the, the Eagles needed that loss. But my concern with the Eagles is you know strength of, strength of schedule and opponents. So they they needed to take one in the chin, and then I want to see how they bounce back, right? And they've got the Rams. So that I mean. You know, kind of some of these games late season are going to tell us quite a bit. But here's the thing. If the Eagles lose to the Rams, it, you're going to have a tiebreaker problem with a few of these teams. The Saints I trust. The Seahawks I trust because they've been there. I'm worried about their defense. They've lost a lot. of Obviously, no, no Chancellor. Losing Sherman. That's an issue. But Russell Wilson will just keep that, that He'll keep them in games. He's that good. He'll keep him in games. So I, well, I'd say the I'd say the Panthers. I don't trust. It's probably I, probably the Panthers and the Rams. I think the Rams are good, but it's one of those things that late season and postseason, when you have these teams that haven't been there before, sometimes it, you know they either get cocky or somebody just springs one on them. And the Seahawks are capable of that. The Saints are capable of that. Uh, and the Vikings just seem to have the fairy tale going on right now. You know what I mean? So they do, yeah. I mean, I, I would say, I mean, I would trust New Orleans the most at this point, mm-hmm. just because you got the running game, you got the defense, you've got a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a Super Bowl winning head coach. Yeah, 
Um, if you're talking about trust, next I'd probably go Minnesota. I love Zimmer, man. That dude can flat out coach. Got people. That's the that's the dude who gets people to run through brick walls. That's what that guy is, dude. I, I <laughs> so many so many teams have to be kicking themselves for not hiring him. Mm-hmm. It, it took him a while to get a head coaching job, and I you know Cleveland has to be kicking themselves. Well, I mean they're kicking themselves anyway, but uh, so many teams. I remember years Peter King going, why is anybody hiring Mike Zimmer? Like, this dude can just flat-out coach. Deion Sanders says it all the time. Uh, <laughs> Shannon, I want you to understand one thing with the Browns. All right. The Browns are, are after they lost to the Chargers, they're 1-27 in, in their two-year rebuilding effort. 1-27. That's Tampa Bay-esque from the it's 70s. It's worse. The Bucks were 2-26. <laughs> what about Detroit when they hit the 0-16 mark? Oh my goodness gracious! The wow. Browns are worse than the expansion Buccaneers in their first 28 games. That is incredible. That is incredible. How do you f that up? <laughs> no, you want to know the real interesting thing to think about is. What? what if Art Modell never moved the original Browns to Baltimore? What if they kept Belichick as a head coach? Dude, yep. the, all that is is that, that that has to be an episode of The Missing Rings, right? Has to be, right? <laughs> no, that's The Missing Brains. <laughs> the Missing Brains, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, yeah. What was it, the 95 team I think they've talked about? Where they had Belichick, all those coaches I, I, who were yeah. just ridiculous. They had that Belichick, was a, Saban. Yeah, they had a hell of a coaching staff. Oh, my yeah. We we referenced it once a long time ago, but I, I just without looking it up, I'm a little fuzzy on the details on that. A little fuzzy on the deets, yo. But it's uh, like the, tons of the Green Bay staff from back in the day. Oh yeah, where they had like Gruden and Holmgren. Holmgren, and, yeah, just a and um. Uh, why can't I think of the guy's name? Mooch. Mooch. Yeah, Mooch is on that staff. Yeah, oh, I mean, just goodness. a loaded, just a loaded up. St- it's a loaded staff, yo. Shannon. Hey now, that's Sh- what she said. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's my man. Drink of water as as you lob that up. So. <laughs> I, I would say you know, and I trust Seattle. Yeah. And playoff time, just something about. Seattle in the playoffs, and the other team that I really trust, mm-hmm. and that's if, yeah, if the table get in the playoffs would be Green Bay, because if you get number twelve in the tournament, boy, you got a chance. Green Bay can be dangerous. Green Bay can be dangerous. Um, I don't know that there's dude who can make plays that probably no one else can make. Rodgers can make some really ridiculous throws, so they're dangerous. I don't. I just don't. I don't know what that team really is. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, they've struggled in some several capacities with Hundley in there, but I hope that they're at least in a position to make a run at the wild card. Um, if Dallas gets healthy, I think Sean Lee was pra- was going to practice this week, um, and and maybe they're going to be in a position to sneak in backdoor into the playoff, maybe. And they could be dangerous if Sean Lee gets right and Zeke is back and their O-line is healthy. Dallas can be dangerous. I mean, clearly Dak got exposed a little bit earlier this season. We know that. 
But if Zeke is there and the O line's right and Chun Lee is back, they're capable of of you know sticking a team out of the blue. They just are. They yeah. are, uh, and as long as they run the ball, like well, even right. if it's Alfred Morris, uh, was it for a couple more games? Well, I, I, that's what they should have been doing all along. Is just just run the stinking ball, man. Well, like yeah, they've got that line. I know. Well, they've had some they had, they had some health issues with the line, but you know the giant the Giants have not been particularly good against the run. So you know if if Dallas goes if, if Dallas goes up to New York, man, then the line is right, dude. And Morris can roll and just they just pound the rock. You know that's right. That's right for the pick, and that gets them to seven and six. Again, I don't have a lot of faith in Atlanta. I don't think their defense just, is just, good enough. The offense isn't good enough. I love Julio Jones. Don't get me wrong, but you know, the play calling man, six I, targets I, ain't gonna cut it, bro. Got enough talent on that offense, man. It's just the play calling's just just baffling at times. Look, Matty Ice, Sark, Julio Jones, man, you need more targets. Matty Ice, we got three words for you. Let it go. Let it go, bro. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let that ball go. Spin that ball out of there. Throw it. Let her rip. Let it go. Throw it. Word association. Let it go. That's Julio. right. Let it go. Julio. <laughs> let it Julio. Yeah. Let it Julio. Let it Julio, man. Yeah. Sandstorm, man. There you go. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a, a clever Beavis and Butthead reference. My name is Julio. I need football. My name is Corn Julio. <laughs> <laughs> is that where you want to go? What is he going to do? I need the great Corn Julio. That's like word crime, man. I'm going to turn back time on that one. That's word crime. Corn Julio. <laughs> I am the great Corn Julio. I need football for my end zone. Oh, there it is. That's good. That's good. That's good. I like that, Randy. I like that, man. Uh, Virtual high five right there, Randy. Let me ask you a question. Are you threatening me? My bunghole will ask the questions. (laughs) Why do I not use peepee for my peepee? (laughs) The bird always did love riddles. You will be loved, my bunghole. For I am the great Corn Julio. I need peepee for my bunghole. I think that's the first time we've ever broken out beef as a butthead on the podcast, by the way. Wow, really? I'm pretty sure. Wow. I don't know that we, I don't know that we've ever used I mean, I don't remember an episode. I might be wrong, because there were some times we were kind of drunk. Um so I I may have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's all right. <laughs> well, since we're talking playoffs real quick, I'll yeah. run through this. Now I agree with you guys. Green Bay could easily run the table, especially once Aaron's back. I'm not going to say easily, but. but... Well, they. It could happen. Looking at the schedules for the three teams that they need help from to get in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got Panthers have the Vikings, Packers, Bucks, and Falcons. Bucks are garbage. The Falcons, we really don't know what the hell to expect out of them. Vikings are going to – yeah. so, I mean, mm-hmm. Vikings could easy, could beat them. Packers, as long as Aaron's right, can beat them. Falcons could beat them. So, yeah, you so Carolina could fall off the map for them. Well, if the Packers beat them, I mean, the Panthers then have five losses. Packers have six. So And they'd have the tiebreaker. You know what I mean? So if they have the mm-hmm. same record, <laughs> they got the tiebreaker. That, that's, that's huge. Seattle, I don't see falling off. They get – they even though Jags this weekend should be interesting – 
but then they have the Rams, Cowboys, and Cardinals. They're going to whoop the Cardinals. I don't know what to expect out of Cowboys and Rams when they play them. Are, where are those games? In Dallas, in Jacksonville, Rams and Cardinals are in Seattle. I mean, I would think they can. Sp- they're going to beat Arizona. All right, I guess them to nine. Yep. And I think they at least split that middle <laughs> set. So, I see. I think the Seahawks can can hit ten and six. All right, and, yeah, and I think ten. Uh, I think ten and six is what the, what the, the teams are going to have to be to get in. Is ten and six at least? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's you know nine and seven. I don't think is going to cut it. I mean, maybe. Maybe, but I think that's unlikely. And I think the Seahawks can hit ten and six. And as for as for Atlanta, mm-hmm. they probably have the most difficult schedule of the three. New teams. Orleans twice, the oh, Bucks, gee. and then the Panthers. Yeah, so you figure they're going to get a win with Tampa Bay. I mean, I think we kind of feel like everybody's going to get a win with Tampa Bay because their their past defense is complete crap. Um, and you'd think that if nothing else, if nothing else, when the Falcons play the the Bucks, that that Julio and they're going to be able to go off. You'd think. Well, you, you don't think, think uh, Jameis is going uh, eat, to eat, eat his hands and get a W, man? No, no. Joe Flacco did a much better eat a W than than Jameis. Jameis looks like he's just crazy, like he snorted something and was out there trying to eat his hand. You know, he had some Hennessy. Yeah, he had too much Hennessy. <laughs> Too many crab legs, maybe. <laughs> Excessive number of crab legs. Yeah, yeah, like legit. So I, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. So I, you know, obviously the Packers fan of me would love to see them make a run. I think they're capable of it. I think they're capable of it. I don't trust the Panthers, but a lot of it. I mean, that just ultimately hinges on, on what Aaron Rodgers is like after a layoff. Um, can he come in and be sharp? You know. Uh, they've got the, they've got enough running back. I think they're you know Jamal Williams and uh, it's Aaron Jones, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they you know because well, Tom Montgomery's on IR. He's done, and I, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. But they've got they've got guys, you know. But if Aaron Rodgers is right, they can they can run the table if he's right. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to do. But that's what she said. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> but I mean, I, I would certainly, I would, I would like the upside if Aaron Rodgers comes in his own, in his own point, and he is that caliber of a quarterback that if he's that if he can come back and he is rolling, they're gonna they're gonna stick it to a couple teams. I don't know that they have enough to make a deep playoff push, but I think they have enough to make a push to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I think they've got that. So, but Dallas is going to be interesting. I, I would say the the two teams that are outside looking in that I think are, are the ones that are going to make really make the run towards it are the Packers and the Cowboys. I don't trust the Lions. I don't trust the Falcons. I think it, it's the Packers, the Cowboys, and I think the Seahawks are pretty secure. So that really just – it's a matter of the Panthers. It's a, to, mm-hmm. me it's a, it, it, to me, it's the Panthers. I don't see the Saints – the Saints are going to fall out. Rams are going to fall out. Eagles, I, uh, Eagles and Vikings are in. It, it's the Seahawks and the Panthers, and I don't think the Seahawks give it up. So, I, it, it, it's it's the Panthers that that's you know that that's what they're well, gunning for. The Rams better not mess around, man, because if the Seahawks end up with the same record, the Seahawks will win the division. Yeah, I, so they can't they can't be messing around. Yeah, we'll see. I did like I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the Rams prepare to use silent counts at their home stadium. If Eagles fans flood the L.A. Coliseum was the headline on PFT. Think about that, hmm. man. 
Their home stadium, dude. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> but don't don't be shocked if you see a ton of Eagles fans out there. Uh, not no. kidding me. Yeah, don't expect don't, that. Don't be surprised, buddy. Don't be surprised. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's work to wrap up segment one. Uh, Blues outside of my office. Juan and Sonny to take her outside. Um, Rando side notes. We've talked a lot about NFC East teams. Roger Goodell has signed a new fat contract that can be worth up to two hundred million dollars, dude. Two hundred million, man. About forty million dollars annually. Obviously, everybody's got to approve all the bonuses and the incentives. But holy moly, dude. Jerry Jones, I know you were trying to like railroad that dude. I'd say you failed. <laughs> I'd say you failed, bro. Two hundred yep. million bucks. Wow, man, that is incredible. That is incredible. Beers on Goodell, man. Shoot, Everything ought to be on Goodell. Hell, our health oh, yeah. insurance should be on Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it's it, a bonding contract extension has been signed by the commissioner. And by Arthur Blank on behalf of the league entities, I mean that's that's done, man. So good on him. You know, I'm not really a fan of Goodell, but you know, good on him, dude. That's a hell of a lot of money. That dude's taking bullets all over the place for a lot of different things, man. He he is the he is the face of the league for better and or for worse. And there's been plenty of worse. That's what he gets paid for. And there's been plenty of worse. There's been plenty of worse. But they're still making tons of money. They've got some tricky things to navigate, I think, as we see the evolution of streaming uh, and then how to handle TV contracts and some other things. So, um, I, you know, clearly the NFL makes a maybe billions of dollars, dude. So if they can keep pumping up the revenue streams from that aspect, he's worth it. And he, yeah, he just, he takes all kinds of PR hits, man. Some of them very well deserved. Some of them very well deserved. You know, again, I'm not a huge fan of his, but... Sometimes there's a method to the madness, and you know the way things kind of play out. Sometimes that's what you're presented with. That's not what it actually is, and you always have to keep that in mind with some of these things. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. But kudos to Roger Goodell. God, two hundred million—that's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable, man. I don't know how much Adam Silver makes. I'd love to know. You know mm-hmm. how much does uh, like you know NBA commissioner, MLB commissioner, like. I mean, is Goodell just smoking them on that one? I, mean, I think so. You'd have to think, absolutely, right? Because that's just crazy. Just crazy. Also, uh, kind of sad note, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Warren Moon, by the way, is getting sued for sexual harassment. Um, he's taking a leave of absence from the Seahawks radio broadcast. And, uh, you know, I know there's, there's a lot of stuff going on these days. And, you know, on one hand, you know, people that have been pervs and perps and all that stuff, man, good, call them out. But it's also kind of sad in some way. Some of these people, you're like, oh, you know what I mean? You, you hold them up on a certain level and you're like, you're disappointed. You know what I mean? That that those kind of things, uh, that they do those kind of things. And I'm a little bit sad about Warren Moon. I like that dude. So obviously you don't know how it plays out. Yeah, maybe it's just allegations. I, I'm not saying he did it, but the stories don't paint a pretty picture. And I think he got in trouble for this before back in his playing days. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. We'll see how it plays out. But I just, you know, me personally, Warren Moon was kind of it was one of those dudes that was kind of cool back in the day, man. You know, slinging the ball over the place, the old fun and gun, run and shoot, or whatever, they, whatever the hell they called that with the Oilers. So I, I'm disappointed, man. 
But if he was pervy perp man, then he deserves to be given the business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's getting sued by Wendy Haskell, who was his executive assistant, and uh, traveled with him. And uh, according to the suit, he grabbed her crotch and tried to pull off her bathing suit after trying to drug her drink. So, and you know, who was the dude from the Packers? I can't. This, was it a safety? I can't think of the guy's name. That was an absolute skis ball. Oh um, yeah, sharper. Yeah, sharper man. I mean, what a skis! What an absolute sleaze bag. Um, and he he deserved all the grief he got because what a bunch of debaggery. But I'm I'm just disappointed that. You know, Warren Moon might fall into that same class of people. I mean, do I need to go back to my rant about having game? Yeah, probably. Do we need to go back to that rant? <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Apparently. So, Jeez, man. Yeah. Sounds like that dude was trying to go Trump and Cosby on that stuff. <laughs> Maybe. Wow. Whoop, whoop. It's, it's terrible, but good Lord, I mean. Yeah. I mean, like I said, just, it's just a bummer. It's just a bummer, man. Speaking um, of which, time person of the year. Me yeah, too. that's an interesting cover. And uh, yeah, and, and keep in mind that if if you guys didn't notice this on the cover, so you have the women on 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 that with the, this whole kind of Me Too movement, but you know you see this elbow. And mm-hmm. the, when I first saw the picture, I was like, did somebody crop this by accident? Maybe it was a fold out. You know what I mean? Uh, but it was done uh, done on purpose. And part of the idea is that you have the women that have come forward, and then you have the women that haven't come forward yet, right? That either you know, for fear or whatever it may be, haven't done that. And so there's a message in the fact that you just see your elbow. Again, you know, this is a, a bizarro time uh, for some of these things. And you, you have to, and it's hard because it, some things are allegations, some things may be unfounded. You want to, you know, you. I hate to say you want to take things with a grain of salt, but... You know, some of them are going to be very legitimate, and people have done some terrible things. And you, what you want to believe is that when these things come out, that it's not somebody just trying to throw somebody else under the bus. But if somebody was a skis bag, a sleaze ball, a drug women, took advantage of women, like that dude with the with the Olympic gymnast, man, that guy, what an ass bag, oh. what an asshole, what an absolute asshole. Yeah, Larry Nasser is going to be sentenced in federal court. On seven felony counts of criminal sexual conduct and child pornography, and you know one of the one of the big stars involved with in that is, is Michaela Maroney. So Maroney and her mother wrote what's called victim impact statements uh, that the judge said she's already read, and they they basically talk about the impact that Nasser's abuse had in their lives, and, and you can find them online, man, and it, it's disturbing. And, you know, in these letters. Uh, uh, Maroney and her mother, they go beyond Nasser, man. And, and as far as trying to, you know, assign blame, if you will, uh, for how some of these, for how this kind of abuse happened, man, you know, they're looking at three institutions, uh, the USOC, USA Gymnastics, and Michigan State University, where Nasser was employed as a physician. Now, near the end of her letter, she writes, a simple fact is this. If Michigan State University, USA Gymnastics, and the U.S. Olympic Committee had paid attention to any of the red flags in Larry Nasser's behavior, I would have never met him, I never would have been treated by him, and I never would have been abused by him. And quite frankly, that's going to be true for everybody else that that guy put his hands on. Dude, give this guy the maximum sentence, man. He's an absolute POS. And they describe some of the awful things that he did, not just to her, 
But just the, the list of people this guy, you know, abused is crazy, man. So clearly, you know, what they want is for that guy to get the maximum sentence possible. You know what I mean? That's, that's what they're pushing for. And quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, that's what that guy deserves. And probably more. They basically are like, hundreds, lock him up. Hundreds of gymnasts. Yeah, lock him up, throw away the key. I mean, some of the stories coming out from this stuff is just horrible. I don't, and it blows my mind that somebody in that position with, for years, could have done the things that he's alleged to have done to all of those gymnasts. And this is not just like random person off the street. These are champion level medal winning you know what i mean think about the money and the people involved in that and the level of oh, what yeah. that is and how many people had to turn a blind eye or this or be dismissive of it how did that dude get away with that much stuff for that long it's crazy it's crazy so that elbow man there, there's there's more stuff coming and so oh, this is just a tip man this yeah. is just the tip of the iceberg I almost said a really inappropriate joke when you said it's just the tip. I, I, I know what you were thinking. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, but but it, seriously, it's, yeah, it's, it's the tip it is. of the iceberg. It's, it's, that stuff's sad. It's stuff sad. It really is. It, it is. You I, know. Mean, I mean, good Lord, you and I have daughters, so, I mean, it's like, you know, you got you to gotta watch that stuff a little bit more closely, and you got to yeah. talk to them about it, you know, because... Yeah. I mean, good Lord, Lily's going to turn 12 in January. She'll be a teenager in 2019, which is hard to think. Oh, you got to start having those conversations. Yeah. In certain scenarios, it's just it's just an absolute failure of an organization, of an environment. And, and anyway, I mean, but it, I I mean, it's, it's a tar- it's a, a karate. Yeah. Yeah. Teach your kids to, you know, whoop up on some people. But just a, a turbulent thing, man. It's a turbulent thing, and it, you know I can't help but think back to the old, you know, Michaela Maroney is not impressed. You know what was running through her mind in some of those moments. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And I can't help but but go back to that. And I'm not saying maybe that's what some of the things that were weighing on her. I don't know. I don't know what was in her head. But the thing is, for how did that how did that happen for as long as it did with that many people? So that elbow, man. You know, there are going to be more people coming out. And, yeah, you need to let some things come out in the wash. And you, sometimes you may have to give some people the benefit of the doubt. But I think there are some more heroes, sports heroes, political whatever, man. There are going to be some people that just some real ugly crap comes out about. And it's just it's just a shame. It's just a shame. So I'm sorry to see that happen with Warren Moon. But if he did those things, then he deserves the grief. Um, I'm just I'm just disappointed. You know, just disappointed. Anyway, well, let's wrap up segment one. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that on a negative Debbie Downer kind of note. Sorry, y'all. So I guess on a lighter side as we wrap up segment one, <laughs> I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one. I have a couple of rando stories pulled up for you. There was a possum that broke into a liquor store and got drunk. <laughs> and can you guess what state this happened in? Florida. Dude, spot on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's always my first guess when some crazy random story happens. If it's meth, you know it's Florida. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that's there w- messed up. <laughs> that is messed up. Thank you, Mike Tyson. <laughs> I like that meme floating around, uh, and it's this, this thing, and it's it says Santa Claus, and it's like, that's how Mike Tyson says Santa Claus. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I laugh. Yeah, it's pretty cold. But yeah, uh, in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, a possum that apparently drank bourbon after breaking into a Florida liquor store sobered up at a wildlife rescue center and was released <laughs> unharmed. So good on that. On uh, <laughs> The possum was brought in by a police officer on November 24th. A liquor store employee found the animal next to a broken and empty bottle of bourbon. A worker there found the possum up on a, on a, up on a shelf next to a cracked open bottle of liquor with nothing in it. She <laughs> quote, she definitely wasn't fully acting normal. Yep, there you go. <laughs> so there you go. Now. Come here, you bastard. There's two of you. Let me bite you. It's like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. So no, it's like, come and join me. I feel great. Yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. All right, that's well, awesome. Yeah. Who doesn't, love a, who doesn't love a good drunk possum? So, all right. Anyway, there we go. I'm just saying. I, you know what? On on the flip side, I've got a I've got a drunk story of muffin for you. So, do you think if that was a Trump liquor story, he would have grabbed it by the possum? I'm just saying. <laughs> just just saying. Too soon. Too, too so- soon. Hashtag too soon. Too soon. All right, Shannon, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'll turn back time on that. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, uh, we are the sports. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, LiveSportsCaster.com, the Google Play Store, and of course our home feed on Podbeam. And keywords are sports and brew. We know you love them both. So uh, feel free to share. Drop us a line if you want. It's all good. And we'll be right back in just a momento. <laughs> yes, sir. I had to search your legs for a couple of minutes, but we are back. <laughs> but you know, uh, we should, probably should have done this earlier in the podcast, but I think we, uh, we need a little tip of the Tip of the cab, a little raise of the glass, have a little fun with a couple of things. Uh, and quite frankly, after kind of a, a little bit of a depressing end to the first segment, <laughs> we might as well have a little fun at the beginning <laughs> of the second segment. So uh, I'm enjoying a little rum and coke, of course. And then I also polished off a stun IPA. And now I'm moving on to a stone hop revolver IPA. And man, this is a good beer. Woo! Of course, y'all all know I'm a hop head. So. Um, I do love my hoppy beers. Unfortunately, my palate has been so spoiled by the hops. I, I kind of have a hard time enjoying much of anything else. Uh, occasionally, I like a sour or, you know, lagers just don't have a lot of punch to me anymore. So it, uh, it just feels like I'm just drinking tainted water most of the time. Um, but that's okay. But yeah, man, whew, this hop revolver, dude, this thing is legit, bro. Uh, Shannon, what you got, man? Man, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, with these... Uh, winter coming up and all these beers are like nine and ten percent i had to dial it back a few tonight so i just went with old faithful blue moon yeah that's okay i just, man. I just need to go light because i got i got lots of work stuff tomorrow so it's all good brother it's all good yeah, man. randy what you got man well it's interesting i raided the cabinet to see what we had in there and right. uh i found some gin so hey and so i made myself a little bit went old school and i mean really old school with a little gin and tonic nice none wrong no gin and juice none wrong with some no, gin and tonic buddy. no juice here okay by the way shannon how did that four paws treat you man oh my goodness <laughs> good times Good times. Yes, sir. Tasty. My goodness gracious. We, well, you know, we do like a tasty beverage. We do. <laughs> you have the four paws. There's a reason it's four paws because your ass ain't going nowhere for the rest of the night. <laughs> nice. 
That's what 14% does to you, man. Uh, does he yeah. look like a bitch? He might after he drinks some forepaws. <laughs> Just hang in there, baby. You're doing great. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Ain't been nowhere. <laughs> nice. All right, well, we need to tie, uh, tie up a couple of loose ends with the NFL. One thing of note, uh, again, that, that Eagles-Seahawks game, I, I'm really curious to see how the, how the Eagles kind of rebound from that. Uh, but one of the plays in that game that was crazy uh, was late, and it was the Russell Wilson where I thought he was going to take off and just run, right? And they ended up pitching that ball to Mike Davis. And, uh, you know, in the midst of it, I was like, well, the Eagles got to challenge that, man. That's like a forward lateral, dude. <laughs> and they didn't challenge it. It was crazy. They did not challenge it. And I'm, they they, won too. I'm highly confident that had the Eagles challenged that, they would have overturned that ball. Uh, yeah, or no. overturn that play, uh, hey, but they Justin, huh? Uh, said yeah. ball, Shannon. You're right. You're right. I owe you this one. You said balls. <laughs> we have more balls in this podcast uh, than the UCLA basketball team does currently. <laughs> by, by the way, <laughs> side note, <laughs> we'll 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 address that momentarily. That was one of the things I was saving for Mark. It's a shame. Uh, Mark had to get his nap on. Uh, Grandpa, I know you're you're in your early twenties, but geez, Gramps, come on, man, go yell at some clouds or something, would you? God, <laughs> get off my lawn! <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize he was gonna be like right into the lazy boy. I mean, come on, bro. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, Mark. Bye-bye. Forget to woo. <clears throat> Z's for you, buddy. Z's for you. That's all right, though, man. So, well, we have a lot, you know, I mean, it's, we do a lot of late-night stuff. It's just the reality with kids and scheduling and all that kind of stuff. So we tend to record pretty late. I mean, it's 1.30. So we tend to record pretty late at night, and it always makes for a tough turnaround the next day and all that kind of stuff. So occasionally somebody is gassed, and uh, this is one of those nights that Mark was just gassed. Not from bad Mexican, just in general, and so he he made it through the Kansas game, but he did not make it th- make it to or through the podcast. <laughs> That's okay. I'd say when isn't D stat gassed? It's gassed pretty routinely. But, you know, that's okay. That's okay. I still I still prefer to think that he was so happy and he was he was celebrating the fact that McAdoo finally got DOS boot. And uh, Eli, I, you know, Eli's going to get the start. I mean, it, you know, you, you can't put anybody else out. You just can't. The, they they got to run with Eli. You know what I'm saying? They, they got to do it. They, they got to do it. Anywho, let's finish up the thought about on this Eagles-Seahawks game. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I thought this was fantastic. Uh, Neil, De, Neil deGrasse Tyson actually weighed in on the lateral. <laughs> and so he had a tweet, and he had, he had a tweet showing the play. He said, FYI, the lateral that uh, Russell Wilson threw to Mike Davis in Sunday's Seahawks-Eagles game was a legit Galilean transformation. In their reference frame, the ball went backwards. It's not their fault. They ran forward faster than the ball. So <clears throat> there, there you go. He weighed in on it, and that is that. I will trust his judgment on this matter. However, uh, yeah. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, 
I don't think the NFL replay booth or officials or their Microsoft Surface tablets or whatever the hell they are, I think they, they I think those still would have been overturned, man. I don't think they're they're dropping Galilean transformations when they're looking <laughs> at the replay, dude. <laughs> Uh, maybe Ed Hockley. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. If anybody would do it, it would have to be in a Chargers game when he would drop that explanation, wouldn't it? That'd be pretty fantastic. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was great. That was great, man. And, and again, Russell Wilson, man, just playing at such a level, um, such a ridiculously high level. Uh, so they're going to be – I just think they're going to find a way to be in the thick of it at the back end of the year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Eli Manning is going to start. I think they have to do it. Obviously, Spags has talked about it, and you know some of this I really do believe is just reaction to the blowback. I think you know Marin knows that they mishandled that, and maybe McAdoo was the fall guy. I mean, hey, Chris Carter approves of the fall guy, uh, and, <laughs> and maybe that's ultimately what McAdoo just turned out to be. Um, you know, they've got their work cut out for them. They've gonna they're, they're gonna have to get their GM squared away, um, and obviously hire a new coach. So, my money's still on Eli being gone. Uh, and he did have a you know, post game at somebody who was talking about it, and they asked him what he intended to do, and he said he's going to play next year. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say he'd play for the Giants, but he said he would play. He, he intended to play next year. And I believe that. Um, mm-hmm. At the same token, if the Giants are going to be in position to draft a young quarterback, um, they clearly need to do that at this point. And... You know, I just hope that they can find a an, a way to have an amicable split, which they butchered and mishandled at this point. And some of this, it, 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 to me, in all likelihood, some of the way this went down um, is, is just is because of blowback from the fans. Uh, and they didn't they didn't properly anticipate. And you know, maybe McAdoo didn't do quite. I mean, who knows, right? Maybe Mac, maybe the way McAdoo handled it is not what Mara envisioned. Um, but it's the way it went down, you know, it's the way it went down and, uh, you know, it, it's always hard to anticipate or apparently it's difficult to anticipate sometimes fan reaction. Remember, remember when the Redskins were terrible and they were like going after season ticket holders <laughs> and it just turned into an absolute meltdown and pe- I mean, people, and they were trying to ban people wearing shirts at the stadium and, you know, they oh, had, a, yeah. they had a near fan revolt on their hands. And when your fan base is that agitated, you better freaking listen to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to. And in this particular instance, they, ha- they have to respond and respect their fan base. The season's lost. I mean, you're not going anywhere. The only thing, you're gonna, the only thing they're going to – they may not be tanking, but they're tanking, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and, yeah, who knows? I, I wouldn't be surprised – if they played a good game against uh, against the Cowboys, and you know, is that going to be enough to win? I don't know that they have enough, but don't be shocked if they make a good game of it. Don't be shocked. It's just sometimes those things happen, and this could be a weekend ripe for that for them at home. Eli coming back, the way things have played out, and depending on how the team reacts to. Uh, McAdoo getting fired and then Spags being the coach and you know we'll see they might have a, a one game uptick side note one of my favorite sound bites of the week and I don't know if you heard this uh, Shannon but if you didn't uh, Mark Gasol uh, dropped a, a very uh, <laughs> lively lively reference to uh, getting the win hey at least he was honest 
So the Grizzlies snapped an 11-game losing streak with a win over the Timberwolves, and uh, Gasol was uh, pretty pumped about it. So it, it, post-game, he was getting chatted, you know, doing a little, little sideline reporter, answering some questions, blah, blah, blah. And uh, here you go. This is, uh, this is the walk-off. And, you know, it's starting to look more like us. Obviously, now we got to put together, um, you know, more games and more wins and guys getting used to having a little more confidence with the ball in their hands. Yeah, they need some more confidence with the ball in their hands. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You said balls. Hell yeah, he did. Now here comes my favorite part. And, uh, and get used to playing together. So, um, you know, overall, we won't. Fuck it. That's got, that's got to feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> overall, we won. So, F it. There you go. And that reporter said, you know what? I'm going to top you. We'll do it live. <laughs> you know what? Like, for real, man. No doubt about it. That deserves a little bit of Bill O'Reilly. Mark us all. Thanks for going Bill O'Reilly on us, man. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I love that soundbite as much as I do, but God bless. I sure do. Honest for anger. Us today, I mean. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We're gonna leave leave you with an we'll f bomb. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the whole setup with him like standing up and looking like he's gonna rip his coat off. <laughs> I mean, it's just great, dude. It's just great. Oh my god, Marcus Saul. How do you fuck that up? We won. How do you fuck that up? <laughs> anyway <laughs> back to the NFL let's have a couple of thoughts uh, one of the things one of the big takeaways from the weekend and obviously you've heard a lot of conversation about it and we have a little bit of CFP to talk about as well uh, we're trying to be efficient through the back half of the podcast so hopefully we are if we're not sorry but uh, hopefully we are that we won F it we won man yeah we'll do it live <laughs> <laughs> but and remember Always take the over. Always, always take the over. That's right. <laughs> but one of the things, one of the big takeaways is just the sheer amount of football fisticuffs and fights and hits and suspensions. It's just nuts, dude. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Exactly. Because that, that's, that's what we had, dude. That's what we had. We have Gronk out there dropping some flying WWE pile driving, jump on top of you, run your head into the ground. Kind of, I mean, I don't. I mean, what was going through that dude's head in that moment? Just ridiculous. And look, man, I there are guys that kind of get abused. You know what I mean? And, and and he's. I mean, Gronk's a big dude. He's a matchup nightmare. I mean, we know that. We know that. And so there are probably sometimes that people get away with a little bit more pushing and shoving and grabbing on him that he would like. But on that team with that coach, you can't make that mistake. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a bad look. That's a bad move. That's a bad outcome, bro. <laughs> That's a bad outcome. Uh I mean, you know, I mean the Patriots ended up winning 20 23 to 3. Uh I don't know how much of a threat there really was from the Bills. 
They get him again in a couple of weeks. You know, I like Gronk a ton, and maybe he gets a little bit of a pass for some things because he's kind of the likable lunkhead. Obviously, he's a star of the league. I'm not saying he's the face of the league, but he is very well known. Even casual fans know who he is. Um, even non-football fans kind of know Gronk, Gronkowski, a Gronking to remember. You know, I mean, it, it's just there. I mean, it, you know, I think most of us go. He's mainstream now. Yeah, he is. Most of us are like, yeah, dude, how much fun would that guy be to hang out with and have a good old time with? But Gronk um, party bus. Yeah, the Gronk I mean, party bus. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's somebody was joking around about his house. or like, his house is probably, you know, Probably has barely any furniture in it. He's got a closet of cargo pants and white t-shirts and then a room full of empty kegs. You know what I mean? And I just kind of chuckled. I'm like, yeah, I could totally see that. You know, I could totally see that. But, you know, in the post game, if you missed it, uh, 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 Belichick and McDermott, obviously they met for the handshake. Um, and you had this soundbite out of that one. Yeah, I understand it was bullshit. I apologize. I don't know how else you really look at that. Um, you know, Tredavious White, yeah, sure, maybe he got a, got away with a, a little bit of grabby action there, sure. But, you know, by the time Gronk's coming in there and jumping on that dude's head, just sticking his shoulder into that guy's head, I mean, again, it's a terrible look. I like Gronk. You know, I'm not going to hate on him for it. Um, he obviously, you know, lack of judgment, mistake. I'm sure if he had a do-over, he would not do that, but... You know, they're, they're, they're a good enough team, uh, obviously, with what that organization tends to be. Uh, it's just a surprise <clears throat> to see that kind of mental mistake from one of their players. Frustrated yeah, I mean, or not, I mean, it, it just – it really, I mean, how unusual. You know, I mean, I know, you know, I know you got Bills fans throwing dildos and dicks out on the field, but that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't the, the free-for-all to say, look, here, here's a dick, go ahead and be a dick. That's not what they were saying, man. You know what I mean? That's not what they were you saying. Know, there's no Gronk in the box, man. No Gronk in the box. Uh, so nah, I, man, he, he's too good of a player, man. You're too big. You're too good of a player. Uh, you're too high profile of a player to be doing those kind of shenanigans. Yeah. And you know, I think the kid uh, that he dropped on is actually in concussion protocol. He is. Like, because of that. He is. So I, I, that's just a really bad look. And uh, while this may be the unpopular opinion, I think the suspension was warranted. Uh, this week, so yeah, I mean, it, it, there was a mixed bag of reaction. Like on the play uh, was over. I mean, it was right. way over. It, it, I think if the kid wasn't in concussion protocol, I think it's, I don't know, maybe a huge fine. But I mean, he's in a concussion protocol. It was so deliberate, though. It, that just that yeah. kind of, I mean, that l- kind of uh, rubbed me the wrong way. There was a lot. There was a lot of action. I mean, the the Steelers Bengals game was all kinds of rough. Oh, I mean that that geez. hit AB took at the end of that game. I mean, and that guy got a suspension overturned. The safety, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, yeah, but I mean, he. I mean, I'm surprised he <laughs> that got overturned because, I mean, dude, he lit him up. He lit yeah, him he up. Uh, that got overturned. Obviously, you had the Ryan Shazier, and I mean, he did that to himself. Um, and I don't mean to say that in a negative way that, that, I mean, he, he, he led with his head on, on that hit and it's an unfortunate play, but that, that was a game that was really physical, really physical. And one of the things that, that came out of this past weekend was just, you know, some really heightened, you know, viciousness with some of the football. And, you know, again, 
It's a violent sport. We all understand that. Sometimes players get heated. Sometimes they put a little extra pepper on some stuff. Some things are just a fluke play. It's a bad angle. It's a split-second decision. You know, you launch, whatever. We get it. Uh, but the Ryan Shaz- you know, Shazier thing was was certainly a bit scary when he when he kind of led with his head and launched with his head and, and just went down, and you saw him kind of you know reach around and, and reach for that point in his back, and his legs weren't moving. That was freaky, man. Reach around, huh? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Come on you, now. You, you were like, "Oh man, I hope he's okay." You no, know, seriously, and, dude. I hope. Yeah. I hope uh, Ryan's okay. Yeah, he's he's not out of the woods. He was back in the hospital today, right? And he he was getting transported back to Pittsburgh, and they're saying, you know, from what I've read, he's certainly making progress. But that's a scary kind of injury. But that's one of the realities of playing football, you know. And we can argue about the safety of the sport. We can argue about concussions. There are some things that, by nature of the sport, you can't entirely remove. You know, and if you take a bad angle and you hit somebody like that, I mean, there's a risk. There's a risk. And I hope that that he ends up being okay. Because in the moment, fans can certainly hate on other teams and hate on other players. You got the rivalry. But when somebody goes down and gets hurt in that manner... You know, it, they they tend to ease up on that stuff. Um, you saw Andy Dalton out there kind of, you know, with the guys, uh, the little prayer circle, that kind of deal, man. And I, I hope that he's all right. Hopefully it was just kind of a stinger and, and a, a relatively short-term thing, and he ends up being okay. He's obviously important to the defense. He's a good football player, a um, bit of a spark plug for them. So I I hope that he that he's able to resume playing this season. Uh, but the important thing is, is I, I just hope he, if, if all else fails, I hope he heals and he's, and he's able to walk, Yeah, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> so, yeah, but that's part of the thing, man. And, and part of the offshoot of that is the topic of, uh, of the suspensions. And I was thinking of like that Oprah meme where it's like, you know, and uh, you, you get a suspension and you get a suspension and you get a suspension, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. And, <laughs> you know, maybe there's a little bit of inequity. Um, oh, I meant to say earlier, you know, uh, on game day prime, man, uh, neither Dion or LT thought that Gronk deserved the suspension. And part of the context for that was if AJ Green didn't get suspended for when he tried to, re- I think it was a Jaguars guy, but I can't remember the dude's name. Was it Ramsey? Yeah, it was Jalen yeah. Ramsey. When they got into it, and he about you know looked like he was going to suplex the guy and was punching him with a helmet on, you know he didn't get suspended for that. So like, well, if you don't suspend him for that, how do you suspend Gronk for this? But you know, and then you had the Akeem Talib Michael Crabtree incident. I was going to say, weren't they throwing out uh, not not the Akeem Talib, but wasn't AJ Green and uh, Ramsey thrown out of that game pretty early? I'd, I'd I have to so. I'd have to double check. That may, that may be why they yeah, didn't get a game suspension. Maybe there was an offset. And Gronk realistically should have been ejected, but that was late in the game. Uh, it, wouldn't mm-hmm. have, it wouldn't have really made a huge difference. So he earned that suspension. Again, you know, I, I like Gronk. It's not a matter of that. But some of, some of the rough stuff that's happening, you know, that's after the play. And we can talk about the, you know, the juju hit on Vontae's Burford, which was obviously super nasty. And, you know, again, I, I think a Heinz Ward. That, that's what, I mean, it just makes me think of, you know, the crackback blocks and Hans Ward would just drop on people. And that was not a big man, but, man, he could drop a big block on somebody. Woo. He was the reason they changed the rule. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've taken a crackback block back in the day. They, they you, These little guys come out of nowhere. You get blindsided and you don't expect it. And next thing you know, you're going, how the hell did I get on the ground? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you get some momentum, you get some speed, man. You can lay somebody out. And, you know, with Vontae's perfect, I mean, he's got such a bad reputation. I don't know that anybody necessarily feels bad for him. Uh, you know, he's not a very, you know, sympathetic figure, if you will. But that doesn't mean that the way that play unfolded, people liked. And I, what made it worse was, was Juju just kind of like standing over him after he crushed him. Um, and that taunting component, I think, is really what kind of sealed the deal as far as getting him the suspension. I um, don't have the exact audio, but I do yeah. know what he said to him. He said, Vontez, you can shake it off, buddy. <laughs> really, bro? I don't know, man. I don't, that that was that. I mean, he got level, dude. He, he got he, he got level. He, he but, went Friday. He got knocked the f out. Yeah. You got knocked the fuck out, man. Give me my goddamn money. The payback's a motherfucker, ain't it? But you know, the thing is, that's like a bang bang football play. Uh oh. <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right. You're right. This is dedicated to you, D Stat, for you bang banging out in your bed. That sounds nasty. <laughs> That's the wrong kind of D stat woo, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, big blue, blue, big blue wrecking crew, woo. Um, <laughs> but I mean the thing with with you know Juju's hit. I mean that's a football play. It's bang bang in the moment football play, and we can you know a lot of people were okay with the hit. Some people weren't. We can talk about the rule, but. You know, they kind of get it in that football sense. It was the taunting that really made it worse. But, yeah, the taunting, I just... Yeah. I could have done without that. The the hit, I was fine with. I mean, that just happens. And, and, and that's how a lot of people felt about it. It was the taunting that really kind of sealed the, sealed his fate on that. Um, and again, not that Perfect is a sympathetic figure, because he's not. Because he, he's injured. He's he's taken some people to the woodshed before. And obviously the you know the Steelers the Steelers and the Bengals man they play some mean ass football don't they? Whew. Gotta love um, rivalries. Yeah, and it, I think Roethlisberger's record against them is just completely ridiculous. Oh completely yeah, completely ridiculous. But you it, know his record against the state of Ohio is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know part of that it, it's just with Gronk. I mean that football play was done. It was over. And so part of the issue is this idea of going, okay, well, how far do you let these things go? You know, uh, where do we draw the line? Where do we send a message? And because that play was over, there's something that, that feels a little bit more egregious about it. Uh, and again, he's, he's a veteran player, man. He's a veteran guy. And he's gotten taken out. I mean, uh, I don't remember the dude's name, but I could swear he played with the Chiefs when he had uh, – Rod Pollard. When it when it when it when he it got cut down in his legs, I want to say he had an ACL injury from that um, that knocked him out. But some of that some of that's football against some bang bang plays. But you hate to see something that feels egregious when the play's over and somebody does something like that. And he's smart enough. He's been in the league long enough. And for that franchise with that coach, man, you can't be doing that mess. No. <laughs> you can't be doing that mess, dude. Not, not so, from Belichick, you can't. Be. Yeah, he earned the suspension. Um, I know he appealed. He obviously didn't didn't win the appeal, but I mean, even if he did win the appeal, I don't think Belichick would have let that stand. Regardless, I I, I don't know how that would have played out. 
maybe his PT would get reduced. I, I don't know, man. I mean, he's he's obviously a really critical piece on the field. He he's such a unique talent given his size and his skill set and his ability to just make plays. Tom Brady obviously loves throwing that ball to that guy. You know, and again, I'm a fan of his, man. I, I would I would have no qualms about rocking a, a you know a Gronk jersey, man. I'd, I'd be fine with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate on it. I like that dude. And I'd love to party with that dude. God, if there's anybody in the freaking NFL that sports be approved, it's probably damn Gronkowski. Um, <laughs> but that being said, man, a pretty egregious situation. And again, it's outside. It's it's beyond the football play. And I think that's that's where people really have an issue with it. I mean, we see people at times that you know it's a late hit or uh, who was the and it was it was Joe Flacco that got crushed in the head a few weeks ago. Miami. Yeah, I can't Kiko remember. Alonso. Yeah, and just yeah, Kiko Alonso, right? Uh, lit him up, man, when he was sliding. And uh, you know, uh, it, there's a fine line sometimes. It just there was too much, too much time elapsed, and that felt like he was just getting a shot in on the dude, just getting a shot in on the guy. So I think that suspension is earned. Uh, it's earned. I, I, it sounds to me like we're all kind of in, in agreement on that, anyway. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, regardless, even if the guy didn't end up in concussion protocol and, you know, it's still it's just a cheap shot. And I like the same thing with perfect. He's been known as one of the dirtiest players in the game. Yeah. Between him and, you know, and Dominic and Sue, those two are just. But it's just the idea of I get it. It's a rivalry game. Yeah. Obviously, Juju thought he was. uh you know, showing off, being a big man. I mean, I think, like you said, if he hadn't taunted him, he would have gotten a fine. There'd have been a penalty because the crackback boxer blocks are illegal now, and you know, it's, it's just one of those things. You- well, if you didn't hear it, one of the things I think really made it worse with uh, the Steelers was this in the post game presser, and you have Juju Smith Schuster talking about his block on Vontae's perfect. And you have Antonio Brown in the background. Shannon, did you hear this? I did not. Okay. So here's your post-game presser, and they're talking about it. And, again, you know you know, this is a big robbery, and there's some football hatred. Man, sure, I got straight cash on it. Uh, so karma. Gonna, that's not me. It's I called karma. I apologize for that. Angela. And it's called with karma. That, with, that, with that being said, uh, it's called karma. I mean, that's Antonio Brown dropping karma blast in there while Juju is trying to talk about this block on Fonte is perfect. There was a lot of that happening both ways. Just one of those nights where a lot of guys are going down. Oh, I thought there was one more karma blast in there. That's okay. (laughs) There wasn't, but that's all right. Um, Suspensions obviously came quickly and, you know, some Steelers fans were pissed. Man, I get it. Big Ben was pissed, you know, thinking that Gronk should have gotten a harsher punishment than Juju. Man, like I understand that, but you know, again, I, I, the taunting just definitely magnified it. Whether that's fair or not, we can debate, but it did. And I think that's reflected in the punishment. And, you know, th- th- that came this weekend. What you have, the NFL is going to consider a targeting rule similar to college football. That's going to be discussed. I don't know if they'll actually if they'll actually do it. Um, but there's I dis- think they should. But there's discussion about having a punishment schedule for non-football acts. And see, that's what... That's the difference between Juju and, and Gronk, right? Is Juju's was a football act, and Gronk's is considered a non-football act because it was a completely unnecessary out-of-play, plays-over, late hit. Um, so when they talk about rule changes, that's going to be a piece of the, of the discussion this offseason. 
like flat out. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a topic of conversation. I I I don't I don't know that they're gonna you know run with it, but that's what this weekend. It's one of the things that's gonna come out of this weekend is an evaluation of penalties and the targeting rule, and they're even they're even gonna evaluate enforcing two penalties because as it stands now, if they throw multiple flags, you know that it's one of them. Uh, but there's some discussion about going ahead and, and enforcing multiple pen- multiple penalties on that same play. So you might have a situation where something like that unfolds. I mean, that could be a 30-yard penalty. Yeah. I mean, you can flip the field for being stupid. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's not going to go over but so well, particularly on certain may- teams. You know, Go ahead. I was going to say, and maybe bringing, uh, bringing that discussion in and actually – enforcing that will mm-hmm. actually cut down on retaliations like Georgia Lucas hit on Antonio Brown in the end zone. Number one, I'm, I'm impressed he actually held on to that damn ball. Good so job. I. I figured he got uh, yeah. knocked out. Because, I mean, that was flat on helmet to helmet, and the fact he even got up, I'm going, he better be going to the tent after that hit. Uh, dude, <laughs> crushed him. Do you remember when Russell Wilson went to the tent, they started to flip it down, and then he just was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> and they lifted the tent back up, and he ran back out. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, football players, man, they're hardcore. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a strong, a strong component of the off-season discussions, and it, it's warranted. It's warranted. Um, th- there's obviously some subjective interpretation at times with some of those things, but I think what you what you want to avoid is things escalating where the refs can't control it. You know, again, you think of the whole Talib and Crabtree and. You know, all that stuff. I mean, those things can turn really ugly really quickly. So, on one hand, if you make an example out of them where it costs them and costs their team, it'll ease up on some of that. You can't control for all, all of it because sometimes people get hot-headed. Sometimes people are just going to make a bad choice in the moment. We understand that. But you still have to maintain some degree of control in, you know, a game that can bring out some of the nastiest stuff in people, dude. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, by the way, random side note: Did you guys see where Rafael Palmero is trying to make a is talking about trying to make a comeback at 53 years of, of age? 53, dude. I just saw the bro, headline. I, I didn't bro, see anything else. It's over, dude. It's over. It's over. You're 53, bro. <laughs> I mean, who's he? Let's see. Who do you think he is? Julio Franco. I mean, mm-hmm. that dude played forever. I mean, yeah. Uh, there are some people that can legit play like long, like crazy long careers. But like, when did he retire? Like ten years ago, twelve years ago? I mean, it's been a while, man. It's been a minute. It, I don't know. It'd be kind of it would be kind of a hoot if you actually got invited to spring training. I saw somebody joking around. You know, the reason he wants to do that is so he can reset his hall <laughs> eligibility or something. <laughs> I kind of chuckled, but uh, stay retired, bro. You're 53, man. It's over. <laughs> Big show's over. Okay, just letting you know. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the big show, speaking of the big show, college football playoffs, dude. Miami, thanks for playing. 38-3, bag of whoop-ass on you from Clemson. <laughs> Kudos to Clemson. Uh, game that surprised me a bit, certainly Georgia-Auburn. Um, I thought it would be a good game, but I didn't think Auburn was going to get their ass handed to them. I, yeah, I did not think that either. <laughs> Woo, that buddy. Was a shocker. That was the shocker for me on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Just I I don't know man I I didn't anticipate that I went I went back and forth as far as the picks and then I, I ended up going jumbo and Auburn but <laughs> yo I mean Georgia showed up rolled up 
big time, man. Kudos to them for that. Obviously, Oklahoma took care of TCU. And the Wisconsin-Ohio State game, uh, yeah, you know, Ohio State won. But, you know, unfortunately, as far as the CFP, it's more in Ohio State than it is, you know, Ohio <laughs> State in, in the Final Four. But I don't know. I guess, Shannon, uh, uh, just big takeaways from the conference, you know, the, the championship games and the announcement of the uh, college football playoffs. Obviously, we have Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Alabama over Ohio State, which was a spot of contention for some people. Um, but I, I just I think they couldn't I, I just think they couldn't get over the Iowa loss. And quite frankly, they you know, had they blown out Wisconsin, maybe it would have been slightly different, maybe. Um but that, that Iowa loss just really just seemed to stick with people. Well, uh, that that's the irony because last year Penn State beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten yet was left out because Ohio State uh, didn't get beat by 30 or 40 at Michigan. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, – Penn State had that bad loss, and the committee couldn't get over that. So that's how, how Ohio State got in, and the roles are reversed this year. They win the Big Ten, but they lost by 31 at Iowa. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> You win some, you lose some. It's the right call. Alabama's the right team to be in there. Uh, Too bad Mark wasn't on tonight because Alabama's actually favored in Vegas at this point. I didn't know that. Which is shocking to me, but... Are they just trying to invite the betters? I think so, because I I would take Clemson plus two and a half all day. Uh, The defense, I think, is better, and the offense is better. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Nick Saban's going to have his boys ready. It'll be a tight game, but I, I, I like Clemson in that game. But, yeah, Alabama over Ohio State, I think it's the right call. Uh, Alabama's lone loss was on the road at Auburn, who I think is uh, seventh in the final uh, CFP Dude, and, rankings. And, uh, and Auburn was playing some hella football at the end of the season. Yeah, they just I – mean, lost to Georgia, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia – that that's br- that's a brutal stretch. Yeah. So it happens. Um, Ten and three for Auburn. You know, Bama lost to them by twelve. I mean, good lord, uh, Ohio State lost by what fifteen at home to Oklahoma, and then the thirty-one at Iowa. So yeah, yeah, I- I'm not surprised they t- they chose Alabama. By the way, did you see the part where uh, when they had? <laughs> When they were announcing that thing on ESPN, Kirk Herbstreet just walked off the set. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how much of that was for show or just to be funny or if he legit needed like a moment. I thought that was pretty funny, though. Um, yeah, I was. I, I thought it was funny. I, I don't like Jesse Palmer kept saying, like, with his eyes, Ohio State was the fourth best team in the nation. And it's like, dude, get, go lay off the pipe. That was not the fourth best team yeah. in the nation this year. Sorry. Uh, I, I like JT Barrett, but a little too inconsistent. Yeah. I, I do give the man credit for having surgery on Sunday and then playing on Saturday, though. Yeah, man. I, I give that kid a ton of credit for having to play through that pain. You know who else I give credit? Uh, that field manager at Lucas Oil Stadium or whatever. Oh. Dude, when, what when, a lifesaver. When they're sitting there like at the goal line, man, ripping up the field with their cleats because they're they're balling so hard and the turf just peels up in these big chunks. And that dude is out there like 
tapping it, shaping it, throwing like rubber pellets and <laughs> getting it back down, man. That was, I don't know that I've ever seen that. That's crazy. I think that may be one of the few people who's universally liked. Cause like that dude was just going to town and like Twitter was just like all about it. Yeah. Like I, I was just like checking out everybody and they're like, man, this dude's pretty awesome. He's like, he's really working hard out there and the announcers are giving him props. And Eric Harlow is his name. Lucas yes. Oil Stadium field manager, Eric Harlow. I did not know this was a degree. He has a bachelor's degree in turf grass management mm-hmm. from Purdue. Oh, I, did, yeah. I didn't know that was an actual degree. Big time business. Hey, man. by the way, Mark, we found a college program you can actually do. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> you could probably fall asleep on turf grass management. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could probably sleep in the class. That and basket weaving. <clears throat> anyway. Well, Mark, Mark will partake in the other college experience of a smoking weed <laughs> in the dorm. He's, he's already in the district. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to go to college for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But kudos to that guy, man, at getting getting yeah. on task and getting on point and getting that squared away. Because um, that, that it, it looked weird, and it looked like it swallowed somebody's leg up for a second, man. So <laughs> that was kind of bananas. But uh, anyway, I don't know. I mean, we talked a lot about the thing with Alabama, and I kind of felt that Alabama was just going to get the nod. I mean, you know, you get the way they have it set up. Obviously, they get the rematch with Clemson without it being the championship game. And obviously, you know, I'm pretty high on Clemson. I think Dabo just, they have them balling. And I don't hate Alabama getting in over Ohio State. I, again, I you know, I think Ohio State's a, certainly a good team. But we felt like if Wisconsin won their end, they didn't. And Ohio, Ohio State had a crack at it. But just, just that loss was so, just those losses, man. That I, that I, it's just too many points, man. Just two bad losses, and, I, and you know, look. If if we want to argue about the criteria winning your, winning your conference championship, man, I, I get it. I understand that. I do. I do. And you know, I think from a rating standpoint, and an eyeball standpoint, and a Nick Saban standpoint, that made the right decision. <laughs> you know, it's and, and some of it's just name. Some of it's name and pedigree, and. I Which think is it's. Just, I think it's. They got in a couple of times. They weren't. Yeah, I mean, I, I think some of that's just the reality of this uh, with Alabama. Man, they, they. I joked around about it, but and we talked about it, but they wanted Alabama in there. I mean, who are you fooling? You think they didn't want Alabama up in the up in the CFP? <laughs> so I don't know. Man, Alabama three. Yeah, I did like uh, some of the reactions. Man, there's a a Jeopardy Sports, and they had. Uh, this school's football team is going to be sitting on, quote, the, end quote, couch come playoff time. Response, <laughs> what is the Ohio State University? You know, I mean, I, I just couldn't help but laughing at some of it. <laughs> um, again, tough, but, you know, if, if we look at the body of work, I, I understand why they made the decision. And, you know, you could certainly make a case for Ohio State, but win the games, dude. Win the games. Win the games you're or supposed to win. Just don't lose by thirty-one. But don't lose by thirty-one. At an you know, average team's house. Don't don't do that, and don't lose at home. Don't lose at home. Uh, a couple of things that I thought were kind of a hoot. Uh, I don't know if you saw these things or not, but number one was the uh, Georgia fan that uh, <laughs> drove around in his Hummer with a flat screen mounted on the back of it. <laughs> Just playing, that one. just playing the SEC championship game over and over on loop. 
wow. <laughs> just dropped, just mounted the TV to the back of his Hummer, drove around Atlanta with the SEC title game playing on repeat. That is funny. Troll level expert. That's pro. That's pro. All right, that's pro. I also liked, this is another random one. I also like this guy. Um, obviously, you know, Georgia took that L to Auburn earlier in November. So a nice bit of revenge in this particular game uh, to go ahead and just kind of, you know, plow Auburn. Uh, and I like this one. There was a video of a Georgia fan setting up a microphone to give his Auburn fan neighbors an 8 a.m. wake up call. So on for the win, it said there's winning with grace. And then there's this. You better play video. <laughs> Good morning, neighborhood. We'd like to congratulate the Georgia Bulldogs on their fine SEC victory last night. And I'd particularly like to say go dogs to my neighbors, the Faulkners. It's 8 o'clock on the Sunday morning. I just wanted to see if y'all could give us a shout out. Go dogs! Huh? We beat the dog crap out of you. Huh? Well, wake up! I mean, homeboy broke out the mic in the PA in his PJs. That's so SEC, isn't it? It is asshole, asshole neighbors having a good old time, man. Asshole neighbors having a good time. His wife said they would do it live. Yeah, yeah, he did it live. Do it. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Right. Fucking thing sucks! <laughs> so, anywho. Uh, well, realistically, I mean, at the end of the day, are you pretty happy with how this played out? Yeah. I mean, other than, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how much of a nitpick Ohio State really has, but I hope it's better than last year where the quarterfinals were kind of garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> my, my favorite comment was, for the third or year in the world, excuse the Big me. Ten will not score a point. <laughs> because the last two years, the Big Ten has gone bagel and bagel. Womp womp. So, yeah, it's... Um, Bama's going to be competitive. Uh, they're getting their linebackers back. I think Saban said they'll have, of the 39 games missed, they'll get 37 games back uh, from the guys coming back from injury. Yeah. So, it'll make a difference. So, a couple of rando notes, and yes, this is the second year in a row that the Big Ten champion is left out of the college football playoffs, and that is bizarre. We get it. Uh, but two fun factoids for you. Oklahoma has faced teams from the SEC a total of 163 times, but the Sooners have never played Georgia. Huh. Rando, right? All right. Very rando. Fun factoid number two. Baker Mayfield will join former Georgia star Herschel Walker as the only other player since nineteen since the nineteen forties. That's a long time ago to finish in the top four of the Heisman voting in three different seasons. Mm. Not shabby. I mean, because realistically, he's winning the Heisman, right? I mean, come on. Oh uh, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I think that that kind of feels like that's that's signed, sealed, and delivered. It's done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there might be some sales. there might be some protest votes or something like rando in there, but I mean, come on, realistically, it's it's Mayfield, <laughs> right? I mean, it's pretty much his yeah. show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. 
Shannon, what else? Any, any other thoughts as far as the college stuff? Oh, uh, <laughs> we we like briefly talked about so many of those games, but it, you know, any other takeaways? Anything else that really stood out to you? UCF, man, kudos to y'all, by the way. And Scott, oh yeah, man, that and, was a what a fun game to watch at sixty-two fifty-five double O double OT mm-hmm. win over Memphis. Mm-hmm. So much fun, and I hope you bet the over, Mark. I really do. <laughs> We were joking about that. Um, I know he bet UCF minus seven, so he got the push there, which Good. was great. Good. So I hope he took the over. <laughs> you know, and, um, and Scott Frost, man, good luck back home in Nebraska. Yeah, good luck, good luck man. man. Um, I'm surprised you took the job, but well, you know, I mean, if if, seven, if it's home, seven years, seven years, thirty five million. That's that's hard to turn down. By the way, what what do you think of Taggart to FSU? A lot of his players are not happy with him. Well, no, he's, he was um, a, he was a year in. You know, Lane Kiffin got crucified for doing a year in split. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of his players are coming out saying he lied to them. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good look. Uh, that's not a look you want to make uh, when you're going into the uh, recruiting, especially in Florida. You don't want that label on you. But <laughs> we'll see. I mean. <laughs> Did you see the thing where people were like had a video or they had some screenshots of like a Christmas tree at a Jimbo Fisher's house? And they were like, "Look, man, he threw away the Christmas tree," and they were piling on him for that. Wow! Yeah, it, it, he was on some show. It said like the tree broke, and so they went ahead and disposed of it. But bad Shit. look, man. Bad look. Bad look. He 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 can afford a new one. Newsflash. I'd say uh, Jimbo Fisher can afford lots of trees for a lot of people. <laughs> no doubt, yeah. man. Um, no doubt. This yeah. isn't football related, but my favorite college uh, thing this week is Shaka Smart coming back to VCU mm. last night. That yeah. was a lot of fun. That's what I meant to mention. You know, I totally forgot the game was on. I was going to DVR it, and I forgot to do that. And so I was putting Baby Bear, uh, my daughter. We we have like little random names for each other in the family, but uh, I was putting Baby Bear to sleep, and um, totally forgot about it. And by the time after tantrums and fuss and snack and this and that. Uh, game was, was game was over, but uh, you know, I was like, oh, and so I was I was flipping around on all these random channels. Just I was hoping to catch a highlight because I didn't know what had happened. Um, of course, VCU lost, but I had to, that had to be a hell of an atmosphere uh, with Shaka Smart coming back to VCU. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Texas. We, I've, I've seen a couple of quotes from the Texas players. Yeah. They said it was a lot of fun. Um, because, you know, they don't get to go to those arenas a lot because usually those teams are coming to their arena. Right. But they said they had a lot of fun with it. VCU was down at, at one point in the second half by 19 and ended up taking a one-point lead late in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just they had a couple of chances to really kind of add on to that lead, and they just didn't. Um, Texas hit a couple of big shots, free throws, and then that was the game. But uh, kudos to both teams. Uh, there was a reception for Shaka afterward where both teams got to hang out for a little while. Uh, Johnny Williams and, um, oh, shoot, what's the big man's name? I can't even remember it now. Um, That's okay. No big deal. Keep going with the story. Anyway, those were the last two uh, remaining recruits that Shaka had. And, mm-hmm. you know, they both embraced him. And, and uh, a lot of uh, people in Richmond got closure, I guess. <laughs> Maybe him coming back. Did he deliver uh, pizza to anybody that was waiting in a line outside? 
<laughs> Shaka, dude, for people that aren't in Richmond and you have no attachment to VCU, that dude, Shaka, smart man. People loved that guy. And, and, and when they, he left, dude, when he left, like right in the heat of the moment, man, people were pissed. <laughs> people were pissed. But no, it, it's. It, I'm glad he got a standing ovation and people were receptive and. You know, good on him. Uh, you know, Shaka Smart was part of, mo- of, of, a, of a movement. And you can go back a little bit. Yeah, Capel and Anthony Grant. I understand that. But, you know, that that run, oh, was it, tw- it was 2011? That run to the Final Four under Shaka Smart. I mean, that's something that really stamped VCU on the national map and the national consciousness in a way that they had just never been before. And, you know, I, I in the moment it sucked. But, you know, I like Shaka, and I, I, I don't know if Texas is going to be the ideal long-term position for him, but good on him. Uh, we'll see what that team turns into. But I'm glad that they put, you know, they were willing to, to come here and play. You yeah. Know? I mean, it, that's... It, well, it's in his contract. Yeah. You know, it's I'm, in every VCU coach's contract. If they leave, they have to do a home-and-home. Home. Like, I, I didn't realize it was that. It was locked in like that. Oh yeah, every huh. coach if they leave, they have to do a home and home. Interesting. Oh, and Justin Tillman was the player I was thinking of. Oh, I got you, I got you. <clears throat> but you know, I'm glad it's it's been long enough, man. I'm glad he got a standing ovation. I heard it was super loud, um, and I, I'm glad there was some positive. And maybe you're right. Maybe a little bit of that is some closure for some people. Um, and mm. I, I, I think ultimately, you know, time heals some of those wounds, and you go, you know what? Thanks for what you did, and you know, good luck. You know, peace out and all that stuff. But I, I think, I think VCU has finally gotten the coaching hire right. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know. Mike Rhodes. Um, yeah. Mike Rhodes was an assistant under Shaka on that 2011 team. He, I think, is going to be here for a while as long as he keeps winning. I don't think he really wants to go anywhere else. You never know. I mean, well, you never if know, somebody but... throws him a fat contract, maybe he goes. But... Maybe, but he, you know, where was it? Rice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got Rice competitive, but you know, when I've when I've heard that guy on the radio, I mean, it just sounds like he just loves VCU. He does. You know what I mean? He just loves VCU, and you know, there there's something to be said for people that you know, some people need the big want to be the bigger fish in the bigger pond. You know what I mean? And and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Ch- chase that dream if that if that's where you're at. Um, you know, and sometimes other people go, you know, this is the situation, the spot I want to be, you know, and regardless of the the other stuff. And, you know, if it ends up being a good fit and he's happy and, you know, hopefully the team has, you know, success, uh, hopefully he can, he can have a nice chunk of time here. But, it, you know, every time I hear that guy talk about uh, VCU and the opportunity of coming back and coaching and, and being here, man, he just sounds like he's just 100% all on board it, you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like he's shoveling BS at you. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I mean? It feels like that is like an absolute genuine. He is just delighted to be <laughs> the head coach of the, uh, of the Rams. You know, and, and that's good for the program. That's good for the program. Plus, we have the Peppas. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe U of R can have the salts because they're a little salty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> would that be great so, for the, would that be great for the in city rivalry though if you had if you had the salt and peppers wouldn't that be great <laughs> i would t- i would totally get down for that that would be fantastic that would be fantastic. it'd be going fell for rivers man just push it <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> man that's right that's right that's right 
All right. Well, I guess we probably ought to wrap up and get the hell out of here. We've run a little yeah. bit. You know, again, always take the over when it's the sports. Always, brew. always, always, <laughs> always take the over, dude. <laughs> Where are we at now? Uh, yeah, we're a little over two hours, but it's about two fifteen in the morning. So we we certainly yeah, cruise. Yeah, wrap so, up the clock. Yeah, buddy. That's the way. <laughs> that's the way that it goes. Early call for the championship game, man. College football uh, playoffs, obviously. College football playoffs. This obviously. second, I like. I like Clemson. I, something tells me this is a special season for Baker Mayfield. Georgia didn't didn't Clemson whoop up on a whoop up on them last year, or was that Alabama that beat up on them? Hold on, I'll, I'll pull. Alabama got Washington last year. Clemson shut out Ohio State. CFP twenty. 16. Yeah, Bama got the Huskies and uh, Clemson shut out Ohio State last year. Huh. That's weird. Oh, this must be. Oh, that's two years ago. I did CFP 2016. That was Clemson, Oklahoma, and Alabama, Michigan State, and then Alabama beating Clemson in the championship game. Mm. That's too far back. (laughs) (laughs) Too far back, y'all. Too far back, y'all. Too far back. My bad, my bad. Go Michigan State, good on y'all. But I tell you, yeah, what, there you go, George... Clemson. Yeah, Clem- oh my God, thirty-one to nothing, Clemson mm-hmm. over Ohio State. Oh well, no, well they couldn't have that again. Uh, and then Al- yeah, Alabama twenty-four-seven beating up on Washington, and then we had a really good national championship game. Oh yeah, yeah, thirty-five, thirty-one, Clemson. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Shannon. Well, I just lost my train of thought. That's all right. Derailed. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Glad I could help. That's all right. You were calling your shot, so uh, you think it's going to be Clemson, Oklahoma? Oh yeah, I think so. Uh, Georgia, and I don't. I'm not taking Georgia or Alabama lightly. Right. Uh, Georgia. I mean, my gosh, if the running game's going and they can um, control the clock and not let Baker on the field, they can easily win that game because their defense is really good. Yeah. Uh, same with Alabama. I think they need to run the ball more, uh, ball control, keep the ball away from the Clemson offense, although that's easier said than done. Of course. Against that defensive front. Um, but, dude, Bo, Bo Scarborough hasn't been heard from for a while, so don't be surprised if, if that dude's getting the rock a lot in that game. But Clemson, Oklahoma, uh, that's my shot. Uh, what is today? December 7th. Yeah, it could change between now and then. It probably will change. <laughs> it's no problem. Probably about another twenty times. That's all right, man. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with we'll, that. We'll, we'll call them right before uh, New Year's. Oh yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely, man. Of course we will. Oh, uh, and uh, Duke just scored again, by the way, dude. All right, real quick. Uh, obviously, as a Duke fan, I'm super happy that they're lighting people up so far, uh, undefeated. Yeah. So, yes. uh, how's Kentucky looking? Uh I mean, they're it's growing. It, it's early. It's early. It's early. They're growing. They, they they need time. You know, that's a whole different line of conversation on the Louisville campus. By the way, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're growers, not showers. Actually, under Potato, I think they were showers and growers. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Oh goodness! I did want to have one dedication for D Stat. One dedication for D Stat, even though you zonked out, conked out, zed out, and all that other junk. Thanks, yo. Uh, I did. I did want to have uh, one dedication for him 
when it came to Ben McAdoo. And I wanted to go back to an SNL sketch way back in the day. Total <laughs> bastard airlines, man. Here you go. Could you tell Bye-bye. me? Bye-bye. I'm sorry, what? What part didn't you understand? The buh or the bye? The yeah, McAdoo. The buh or the bye? The bye. Hi, I'm getting a connecting flight to Denver. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, do you know the gate? Buh bye. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just about to buh go. Buh bye. But if you just wait. Buh bye. <laughs> buh bye. You're very heavy. What did you say? What? <laughs> what? Buh bye. I just said buh bye 40 times in a row. Why would I say anything else? It doesn't make sense. Did I just say something without knowing it? No, go, bye-bye. Hi, I was just Ta wondering. Bye-bye. Ta Ta McAdoo. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, <laughs> Jerry Reese. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye, Jerry. Bye-bye, Reese. Bye-bye, McAdoo. McAdoo, man. mac uh don Again, I, I'm pretty sure that was Chris Carter's fall guy. <laughs> I think that was absolutely, absolutely legit. On that one, but uh, hey, what are you gonna do? He wrote a nice letter on his exit, but I mean, what else was what else was that guy gonna do? You know, underneath he's probably like, "I hope y'all lose the rest of the games," <laughs> but he had like that classy exit letter. But <laughs> all of New York, man. No, I wanted to play it, and you never, you never brought it to me. Bye bye, 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 Bye-bye. <laughs> that's a classic, dude. That's that an is classic. That's that, awesome. I, yeah, that's a, I, I figured it. I figured you'd enjoy that, man. That's well played. Yeah, I figured you'd enjoy that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Anger. Yeah, that's right. Rawr. I had some other stuff, but I think I've forgotten it, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, oh, 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 as we wrap up and get out of here. Uh, final thoughts on uh, Garoppolo's debut with the 49ers. Well, starting debut. <laughs> well, I think he showed that even though he doesn't have a full grasping knowledge of, uh, of the playbook, he did play well enough to help you know lead the team to a victory, yeah. a rare victory in this case. Um, uh, his only interception was uh, basically Lewis Murphy getting the ball ripped away from him by uh, Kyle Fuller. Uh, but the biggest thing was the biggest – drive of the game is mm -hmm. that 14 play 86 yard drive to get him within field goal range uh for the game winner i mean obviously uh robbie gold was definitely <laughs> all about sticking it to his former team going five for five on field goals dude so uh but the next step for garoppolo is uh, actually uh being more of a factor in the game in terms of touchdowns since uh, no touchdown passes doesn't help much <laughs> Fun wins fact. Win. It oh, wins a win. Just ask Joe Flacco and Jameis Winston. E W, baby. Um, fun, <laughs> fun factoid. I almost registered. I almost went to see if I could register that site as a redirect for the sports brew. <laughs> e W.com. <laughs> I for real thought about that. Uh, and I might check tomorrow before I post this podcast. So maybe that's a good idea. Anyway, fun factoid. Uh, Robbie Gold made uh, five field goals in his first appearance at Soldier Field since Chicago cut him. And he is—he's the Bears' all-time leader in points and field goals. And of course, he shouted at the sideline after he banged through that—that that winner. That was great to see. Good on him, man. Good on him. <laughs> Not so fun factoid: uh, Chicago has dropped its fifth straight, and Coach John Fox fell to twelve and thirty-two. I didn't realize he already been there for three seasons uh, with the Bears. But uh, yeah, that seat's kind of hot, John. You're probably going to be out of it. <laughs> and a very Firefox. Yeah, John Firefox. Uh, very, uh, you know, semi 
kudos to Tariq Cohen, uh, who I had on my fantasy team and I cut because he was driving me crazy. But he is the first rookie since Terry Metcalf in 1975. That's a name I have not heard in a long time. Wow. Yeah, Terry Metcalf in 1975 to return a kick for a touchdown, throw for a touchdown, run for a touchdown, and catch a touchdown in the same season. Too bad for the Bears he didn't do them all in that game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, anyway. Rando. By the way, uh, thanks, Adam Gaze, for doing an onside kick when your team was up 20-plus points. I like that message to uh, John Elway. As if their season in Denver isn't crappy enough. <laughs> you got that going on. That was funny. And you can dismiss it, but we know that was that we know that was a, a one finger salute to, to John Elway. <laughs> I think we're well aware, bro. <laughs> we're well aware. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's time to roll roll out like ludicrous back in the day, man. <laughs> roll out. Roll out. All right, buddy. Well, Shannon, as always, and Randy, as always, appreciate you coming in. Glad you had a good time at the Trans Siberian Orchestra concert. That's always. You know, enjoyable. So, salute. And, uh, guys, as we roll out, like, I had to go roll out. If I, we were going to mention it, we had to do it. I had to play it. So, from all of us, all of you, man, enjoy the games. Enjoy the football this weekend. And uh, have a little fun as we, ro- as we as we get closer to Christmas, man. The countdown is on. And next week, fellas, Star Wars, or as, as we like to say, or I like to say, Star Wheels. Star uh, Wheels, baby. Yeah, Star Wheels, baby. Star Wheels, man. Yeah. yeah, buddy. Use the farce. That's what we do in the sports brew. <laughs> you sure it's not using the farts? I mean, that's kind of it. Could be. It could be using the farts. <laughs> that well, might that be. Too. That might be Saturday night since Mark's coming down and we're all going to Nuevo Mexico for dinner oh, yeah. and hanging out at my house. We might be using the farts after that. I think that's a distinct possibility. <laughs> <laughs> anyway that'll be fun to catch up with everybody so uh shannon we're seeing you i mean uh, both of you guys are coming right yeah i, I yeah. just gotta get a sitter but i should be out there i mean should for us it should be unless good. something happens no, all right well look forward to seeing you guys that'll be fun we'll have a good saturday night man we'll uh have a good dinner at nuevo and we'll hang out and probably drink some more beers and laugh at some stupidity and mark will pass out randomly because apparently that's what he does these days Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Grandpa. Get off my <laughs> <The> hell. <laughs> yeah, just giving you grief, man. Go get some rest. Go get some rest. It's not like you got to pay attention to Giants football at the end of the year. It's okay. We understand. <laughs> but anywho, all kidding aside, man, thanks for listening. And uh, everybody, man, yeah, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll catch you on the flip side. We have the Sports Brew, as always iTunes, Stitcher Radio, LiveSportsCaster.com, Google Play Store, and our home feed on Podbean, man, on Twitter at VA Sports Brew. From all of us to all of you, enjoy. We'll catch you on the flip side, and peace out. And Jimmy Garoppolo, man, curious how you look the rest of the year. Shannon's already picked you up because he's going to try to keep you in the Keeper League. (laughs) We know how that works because Shannon, look, man, you don't want to keep any scrubs. It's okay. Hey, I'll, I'll take a flyer. We'll see what happens. I know it, it's it's worth a shot. I would. I thought about picking him up, but I just ha- I have bench problems because I, unlike you, I'm actually in the playoffs. Whoop, whoop. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you, man. I shouldn't talk any smack. I'm gonna get my ass handed to me. <laughs> oh. 
Anyway, yeah, fantasy time. Yeah, fantasy playoffs, man. Good good luck to everybody that's in the fantasy playoffs. And uh, thank you, Randy, for our robbery week, and you whooped the hell out of me. <laughs> it did knock me out of the playoffs, but I, you know, I thought it was fitting if we if we weren't going to have the opportunity to meet in the playoffs, I thought it was fitting that we'd at least get to finish the season. So. Good job, man. Good job. Or good job to your fantasy team, however you want to look at it. But, uh, man, go get some rest, guys. We'll catch you in the flip side. We have the Sports Brew. And peace out, y'all. Late. See ya. Stop procrastinating, fool. (laughs) There you go.